When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your boy Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. How is everybody doing out there? Uh, it has been a wild, wild week. I like how you you can have a Monday that's kind of like goes good, and then your Tuesday will just smack you in the ass at night. <laughs> I didn't mean smack you in the I mean, I didn't mean smack you in the ass. Literally, I mean. It feels like you're smacked in the face. I don't know why I said smacked in the eye. It's already started off like a good show. You guys, uh, today is going to be, we're going to have another big show. We're going to do a lot of Bravo pop culture stories, some general pop culture stories. And then, of course, we're going to give you a full solo recap of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, last week's episode, to prepare you for tonight's episode. And I got to tell you, last week's episode really fascinated me on so many levels, and I can't wait to dig into that with you guys. But are you prepared? Do you have some kind of drink with you or you work? Let me just be in your ears for a little bit of time. Don't worry. You can work during the show. People have told me they emptied their cat's litter boxes during the show. I mean, this show is voted the best show to sleep to. Actually, it's funny. Some people will uh, write and they'll say they, they'll put like my pods will just kind of go one after another, which is amazing. I love that. But I play those mashups at the beginning and sometimes it'll just be really jarring which, by the way, that was a uh, Xmas mashup with our our good friend Eminem and then our older good friends Wham that included George Michael last Christmas. And I uh, I got to tell you, did you guys have you guys done this yet? Have you have you done what I call Sad Bastard Night, where you go you sit down and you play all sad Christmas songs? I I did that the other night. On Saturday night after the Patreon holiday party, which, by the way, is up on the Patreon right now for everybody to view it. It's really, really cool with my parents. It's something that I will remember forever. But if you still want to watch it, it'll be up there. If you're a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And by the way, if you join up today, you'll still be able to get a holiday card because we Maditz has been busting her ass. Most beautiful card. And of course, this this FedEx Kinkos, if a hey, FedEx, hey, Mr. FedEx Kinkos, if you're listening, a giant F to the U about you can see right in the order what she ordered. And they gave us smaller cards and larger envelopes. And it is it's just wild. But regardless, uh, I'm going to go back up and pick new cards up tomorrow. So if you want to join last minute, the holiday card is actually really, really cool and something I'm really proud of. Um, and it's, I don't know, this stuff really excites me. And I, I always say Maritza who works on this show is just such an artist. I'm so grateful. Um, 
But do you guys ever do that in the holidays where you get really, but there's a lot of sad bastard holiday songs. Have you ever had uh, heard LCD sound systems? Christmas can break your heart. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, last Christmas by wham heartbreaking. I mean, I was watching, uh, I watched home alone one and home alone two both today. And I just watched them a couple of weeks ago because me and Annabelle DeSisto are going to recap home alone one. And I was having such a down day and I feel comfortable sharing, you know, when I feel certain ways. And that's why I want to say, I want to warn you guys up top. I'm probably going to be a little bit more aggressive and maybe a little more scatterbrained. If you can believe that um, in this show than I normally will be. And I I might be even a little more mean because I feel angry right now. And uh, I just, man, it's, it's the holidays and, and just, Hey, just give some good thoughts towards my mom as you guys always do. And uh, we're dealing with some news right now and we're going to, you know, but I, you know, do you, do you ever do that where you need something then? So I needed the soothing bomb of like home alone one. And then I was like, let's keep it going home alone two. And now we're at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And I've got two plus hours of podcasting to do with you guys, but I was looking forward to talking to you all day. It's just that sometimes um, I, I, have to get in the right headspace. And once I'm there, I can I can do this. And I I this brings me such joy. But sometimes it's really hard to get to the place where you can even step front of the mic because I'll leave, I'll just kind of want to, you know, hide away and just watch TV. I'm sure that's very normal for you guys. You guys probably do that as well. So I just wanted to give you a warning up top. This is still going to be, I think, a blast of blast and a half of a show because we've got a lot of great news items. But also that home alone, I got to tell you, I cannot wait to talk more about this with Annabelle on our recap. It is just, I, I went through the script today. I geek out on this stuff. And John Hughes and Christopher Columbus, John Hughes wrote the script and he is just a legend. And it is just a perfect script. And I didn't appreciate appreciate it when I was a kid. And then I'm going back and I'm just looking over all this. And that Macaulay Culkin, I mean, the kid for however old he was when he filmed that, genius. And then Home Alone 2, which I just saw for the first time two weeks ago. Genius. How am I a bigger fan now of Home Alone 1 and 2 than I was as a kid? It makes no sense. But your sympathies start to change. You start, you know, I'm always saying, like, the kid needs to be taken away from the parents. It's going to be very awkward uh, when that kid grows up and he's just looking to hurt burglars for the rest of his life. And then you start to really feel for Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, the sticky and wet bandits. You start to really feel. And there's no way, especially in Home Alone 2, that those guys just didn't die. The stuff they fell on their back so many times. I mean, I would love to see a home alone now where they're just dealing with their back problems in prison because they just they they had to have been paralyzed at a certain point. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, special shout out goes to Baddie Michelle Yeomans. Uh, I I always get I, I'm probably got your name wrong. Michelle's been with me from the beginning as a listener, and she just went into labor the other day. Her and her husband. I mean, she of course did the heavy lifting in terms of the labor part, but she is still in the hospital. And we'd like to welcome to the world Violet, our very new, most new baddie. She'll be in the uh, NICU for at least four more days, according to Michelle. And uh, I hope she comes home real soon. And it's going to be an amazing holiday uh, that she's in the world now. Um, But Michelle, all of us, 
just congratulations and violet i hope we can get you can we get violet an apple podcast account or a spotify account so we can get a positive review from violet in her first year on this earth that would be truly amazing and if you guys want to join violet's lead please give me a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify okay i'm just settling in <clears throat> this is going to be good i can do this um okay i think that is all the news oh I was on uh, Andy's Girls, Sarah Galley's podcast, and a reminder, I'm going to be doing a live online show for her show on January 5th. You can buy tickets at moments momenthouse.co. You can find that on her Instagram and my Instagram, and I think that's going to be a blast on January 5th and a good way to start the year uh, for all of us. And uh, I talked to Liz Cully today. She has a podcast called Cool, Cool, Cool. And I was a, her guest. And I had a really great conversation with her that I kind of needed. And it's really cool to just watch. Like, you know, I do this every day, but it's so cool to be able to do to be able to talk with other people and do their shows, too, um, because everybody brings something really cool to it. And I also then don't have to edit it. And it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun to just babble and then not technically screw anything up, potentially knock on whatever this is. Um, <clears throat> so are you guys good? Is it a weird time for you guys as well? The holidays are so weird, right? Like it brings out so many things. There's so much joy going around and there can be so much sorrow going around. That's why when you get to the old man part in Home Alone, you just ball or the bird lady. You just ball. It's just a lot of balling, but uh, you know, it, it's such a happy time and you get to try to reconnect with your, I, you know what I did? I was so proud of myself. This is, I'm so not a grown up. you guys know, but I, I'm trying to grow in little ways and it can be as simple as I sent, this is so cool. I was, <laughs> my buddy, Nick and Heather, they have a daughter, Olive, and she's like a, about a year and a half now. And I sent her a Christmas gift today i mean on amazon i don't know if um, hopefully she i don't even know and i and i addressed it on amazon to her to olive and i was like do her parents let her open the gifts are they going to open it for her do i have to what's the guys for those for people with kids what do you do with do, do i have to warn the parents in advance that i sent something addressed to their daughter like or is that just going to go in the trash should I should I tip them off? But I was like, oh, it'll be really cool. They don't even know I'm doing this. But then now I'm overthinking it and going like, oh, no, what if they're going to wait till Olive's of an age where she can actually use her hands properly to rip open an Amazon package? Anyways, I hope so. But I was I was actually I was like, wow, I'm at the age where I'm buying uh, my friends kids gifts. I didn't even buy my friends gifts many years. I was broke as a joke. Are you kidding me? I wonder if Olive. Her, I wonder if the. I wonder if Olive once she opens her gift, if she'll get me something. And I know she's only a year and a half. She probably doesn't really have any kind of money laying around. But now I'm kind of thinking like, it's rude if she doesn't get me a gift. I mean that that now I'm already. Uh, I hope this pays off for me somewhere down the line. That's the other thing. I don't have kids yet, so and I don't know if I ever will. So I'm kind of like, you gotta start really being nice to the kids around you like my niece and nephew i think they already have like they're like nah we're not going to take care of you when you're older i think they've firmly made that decision but this you know the younger ones all of or even violet michelle's new daughter who just came into the world i feel like if i talk violet up like violet what a great name beautiful sounds strong awesome if i say enough good things about violet 
maybe she can take care of me later in life. Cause that's what, I mean, that's what I keep thinking about who takes care of me. So this is just purely another selfish move I've made. Ho, ho, ho. And then did everybody get their holiday shopping done yet? I don't know. I'm so far behind on everything, but it is so, I'm so glad to actually get to talk to you guys. There is so much Bravo news out there right now. It is wild. So let us start in our journey and let's start with some great news. Uh, a big, huge congratulations goes out to Below Decks Kate Chastain, who today, what well, I mean, this is, I just felt like Beyonce at the Grammys when she unbuckled it and showed the belly. She announced, you guys, that she is pregnant and we got. Uh, we got a pick of her baby bump. I feel like this is you, when when you get so close to these Bravo people, just by watching them, you're so happy for them. And she says, I'm absolutely thrilled to become a mother. It's something I've always hoped for. So this is truly a dream come true. Um, I think this is just amazing. So she departed the show after six seasons in February of 2020 on Below Deck. And then she, of course, does Bravo's chat room, and she executive produces that as well. And she's a regular on Below Deck Galley Talk, which is, comes here and there. And she's going to be on the new Peacock upcoming reality competition series that I talked about on Monday called The Traders. So she is busy, uh, but she says this is such a new and special experience, so I'm really being protective of what I share publicly um, but with the new episodes of Blow Get Deck Galley Talk and the Traders premiering on Peacock in January, there's just no hiding my baby bump any longer. Um, uh, she says, I'm already planning so many birthday theme parties for you. She wrote captioning a mirror selfie of her posing in a blue dress with white florals. And she was at BravoCon. Oh, by the way, this is uh, an article on people done by our buddy Dave Quinn, who I love. He's one of my favorite entertainment reporters. Um, Kate Chastain, you guys. It was interesting. Uh, she, uh, she She's agreed to come on the show many times, and we just have not made it work yet. But I got to tell you, sometimes, uh, you know, you may, I, like I don't make tons of money doing this yet, yet, yet. You never know. Um, but what's really cool is at one time, you know, when you're like feeling down, like you'll get a comment from somebody or a message. And Kate Chastain DM'd me once and said, Dude, you're, I mean, she didn't say dude. <laughs> she said, what's up, homie? Yeah, brah. She said, what's up, brah? No, she said, you're really funny. And that kind of stuff, I don't know if you're like me, it just takes you through the day. You're just like, well, this day is already good. So I will always, that would, like that comment I remember came in at the right time for me, but congratulations to Kate Chastain. I think that's amazing. I think she will make a great mother. Uh, can you, and I'm already tearing up thinking about Captain Lee meeting this baby for the first time. Grandpa, Captain Lee, which by the way, Captain Lee, he left uh, below deck uh, on this week's below deck because he is having consistent back issues, but there is good news. He said he is way too young to retire. And if they'll have him back, he will always be back. And I think he is the centerpiece of below deck. Now, listen, Captain Sandy unfollowed me on Instagram because I, I by the way, I kind of, when some of those Bravo Labs follow you, you know, they're going to unfollow you pretty much. I'm like, we got about a month here with Captain Sandy. And I totally know, no, nothing against Captain Sandy, but I was like, yeah, I don't think this is her scene, my Instagram account. Uh, but I love, you know, Captain Sandy, it's hard. It's been hard ever since the Hannah 
the Hannah, I still hold that with me from seasons ago with Hannah and the volume and the weed pin. Like I still hold that. <laughs> We're grownups folks. And I still hold that against, I'm still holding umbrage with captain Sandy about that. But captain Lee to me can do no wrong. He's just gruff. He's just like, Ugh. but you can tell he's a good man, kind eyes, gentle soul, strong. I told you guys at BravoCon, he is the only one I purchased an actual souvenir. I purchased the Captain Lee autobiography. And part of the reason was, was because I, I was sweating so hard after the experience with meeting Sutton Strack that I got so nervous that I was like, I got to buy something. I've got to put a credit card into something to take the pain away of sweating all over Sutton and it not going well. And I bought the booth that I turned to was Captain Lee's. And I was like, and and by the way, I was like, I think I was the only one there at that time. I'm sure he sold tons of books, but I was like, I'll buy a Captain Lee book. I will buy a Captain Lee book. And I have Captain Lee's book, which I'm excited to read. Actually. I think he'll have a great, you know what? Here's a story. You guys, this pisses me off. This this stuff has got if you're a celebrity, you don't have to date another celebrity. Can we just say it's okay just to date a regular person? We are getting word out of celebrity, the celebrity ether that Dua Lipa is dating Jack Harlow. And to me, that is look, I feel like they look like brother and sister. And yes, that is jealousy speaking. I that is that is me being so jealous Jack Harlow, this curly-haired freak, man. I know you all you girls and guys love Jack Harlow. And yeah, he's a good guy. He's funny. I have no problem with Jack Harlow. But to do a Lipa, do a Lipa, it's just not fair. And this do a Lipa, I'll tell you, she's amazing. She's one of my favorite singers out there. Had a blast at her concert. But I got to tell you, I don't think she has great taste in men. There, I said it. I said it. Because she was with that Anwar Hadid of the famous world famous Hadid family. And that I did not agree with that relationship as well. And then she got out of that relationship when she went on tour and now she's with Jack Harlow. And by the way, Jack Harlow has a song, I believe on his new album called Dua Lipa. And it's not a great song. How do you ever date a dude that names a song after you? And it's not a banger song. Like if you dated Elton John and he wrote like your name was rocket man. And he wrote Rocket Man. You'd be like, oh, I got to be with Elton John for the rest of my life because it's like the best song ever. But if it's Jack Harlow and he wrote Dua Lipa and it's not even that good of a song, how do you, how do you, what? Like that song has to be on point if you're going to date. And it's one of those things that almost makes me want to believe in conspiracy theories. It almost wants me. I like, I I want this to be fake so bad. Do you ever have that where you're like, I need there to be some weird expl. I need the Illuminati to be involved. I need the Illuminati to be involved because I do not want this to be true. And once again, I have nothing against Jack Harlow. Like I, I, I'm so, he's, He's made his curl. I have curly hair as well, but he has curlier hair and he's made it work for him. I like his style. I like some of his songs. I really don't have a problem with Jack Harlow. And that's why it pains me that I'm going to have to make fun of him for the rest of my life now, just because of the insecurities I have now that he's dating Dua Lipa. And Jack, if you're listening, I I hope you do not. um, I hope you don't bail out of the Patreon because of this, uh, you know, but uh, I, I need to make fun of you now for the rest of my life. To get back at you for dating Dua Lipa and Dua, what what are we doing, man? 
Like, what do we do? I mean, it's got to be hard. And now they're dating around the holidays. What does this mean? Do you ever think about this? What is, and I feel like this is when I wish I had a, a, a co-host with me, like female co-host at this moment. I should just call a female right now and go, what is, what's the nearest towards Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa that you've dated somebody where you've gotten them a gift? Like, what's the, if you, if you start dating somebody a week before Christmas, how big of a gift do you get? Do you just say Merry Christmas? Do you take them to dinner or do you get a big gift? Like one, what is, this is where ah, I wish this was a call-in show sometimes. What is the biggest gift you've gotten in the least amount of time? You know, like, what do you expect? And do you just, a lot of girls will say Amy Field, who listens to this show and she was in the Patreon the other day, she cracked me up. She said that uh, her Instagram was giving her ads. Uh, and I think one was for Audible and they gave her an ad for a free copy of the audiobook of How to Settle. <laughs> and I was like, you got to read that or listen to that and come on the show and give us cliff notes on how to settle if it's worth settling in relationships. But a lot of people will, they'll tell me they take a break around the holidays because if you're not booed up by November, you you just got to ride it out at like, you know, past January and then you start in relationships again. I could be wrong. So. Who knows? But congratulations, Kate Chastain. Oh, this is interesting. We haven't heard from Bronwyn Windham Burke in a while. Now, Bronwyn, of course, was uh, infamous for her turn on Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, and it's there's been a little bit of time in between when she was on the show and now. So my feelings have changed a little bit. And this is kind of a sad story in some ways. It was just that Bronwyn on OC, she was very brave. She came out on the show and she also dealt with her alcoholism on the show these are two amazing things that she did but at the same time she still came off um really thirsty and i only met her one time and i met sean one time and sean was very nice and she yeah she was talking to the other people and like i didn't really get much of a sense of her but then you saw these you know her pr team must have been working overtime because she truly was making the daily mail a lot for living in the OC. Like I know where these people camp out and usually it's not the OC, but she also went on record at page six of one of the worst headlines of 2022 of like, my girlfriend makes me orgasm 80 billion hours a day. And I was like, whoa, that's not an exact quote, you guys. Uh, she's not actually with this lady anymore either. But I was like, wow, you press released that? Like, are we supposed to do that with our partners? Like, are we like, like, oh my God, I had a... <laughs> I brought somebody to climax the other night. Let me call page six. And that was the thing was I was always get this weird of like, and this is kind of like that Catholic, uh, guilty Catholic in me of like, are we, we're not supposed to share this stuff. She's with a new girlfriend now, but so today you guys, this is, uh, this is interesting. She, uh, she says she's unable to provide for her kids amid her divorce with John Burke, because remember, they were staying together as a family, even though she was dating women. And it's like it takes all kinds. Like, I don't begrudge anybody staying together or whatever, but they finally decided to divorce. And um, Sean has stopped providing any support. And they have what we call a gaggle of kids. They have a lot of kids. I think they have seven kids. And uh, page six this is from a page six article by Francesca Bacardi. Um, 
they acquired the court filing, and she now has to rely on family to assist her in meeting her, quote, basic living expenses to eat and even expenses for our children, she says in the court documents. Uh, she says, I have relied on Sean for all financial security since I was 20 years old. I have relied on Sean to make all financial decisions for 23 years, and I have effectively been kept in the dark regarding the true extent of our business interests and assets. She claims she now no longer is able to maintain the lifestyle to which she became accustomed, which included luxurious trips to Europe and Asia, personal trainers, a glam squad, a shopping budget, and more during their marriage. As such, she's requesting that Sean, 49, pay her $10,000 per month in spousal support because he allegedly earns $65,000 per month in gross income, according to the docs. By the way, why do they call it gross in income? It's, it sounds amazing. It's, there's nothing gross about $65,000. A month. The former reality star also wants her estranged husband to pay her attorney fees. In his response, Burke agreed to pay spousal support to Wyndham, but surprisingly requested the court also reserve for future determination the issue of support payable to him. Um, they filed for divorce in October after the reality star came out as gay in 2020. Um, and uh, it says Bronwyn knew she needed to do this at some point to fully explore her life as a gay woman. A source close to Wyndham Burke told us at the time of the divorce, she's excited for her future. So this is sad, though, if she can't provide for herself and her kids. And this is what I always wonder about. Like, honestly, this is, there's no joke here. I wish there was. But what's the mentality? Is there a fear? Like, what is the because, you know, she's been remember she was gallivanting. She was splitting her time between New York and here. And she's like also like being a mother, but also dating as a gay woman for the first time. And you got to imagine all of these things happening. And like I always think about this of, of housewives that have to leave that, that, you know, don't get asked back for another season if a panic sets in. And I wonder, you know, especially when you are not used to not being married and you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. That has got to be a scary, scary spot, even if you are a former housewife. And, you, I mean, you know, you, we always think these people are going to be set for life. I think and so there's like some part of our thing like, oh, they've been on TV before. They're going to be great. And that's never the case, right? It's never seems to be the case. So she's asking for money. We'll see what happens there. Um, uh, in TV news, Saturday Night Live got the highest ratings this week with Steve Martin and Martin Short as uh, hosts. That congratulations to Saturday Night Live for their highest ratings of the season. I got to tell you, their opening monologue made me laugh so much. The sketches, like I think, as I get older, I'm more for like the opening monologue and the the news. The the other stuff, I think I might be uh, too old for. Like uh, it's either hit or miss for me. But their opening monologue was so. Good. Uh, this is exciting, actually, for Netflix, just because I'm like, I need I need Jeffrey Dahmer, the Jeffrey Dahmer show to be un like dethroned. Like they got like the Jeffrey Dahmer show, I think, was like the number one stream show on Netflix this year. Billions of hours or something like that. And this was really I was very happy to see this that Wednesday, the TV show Wednesday by Tim Burton with Jenna Ortega surpasses Dahmer on all-time Netflix ranking. Thank you, dear Lord. If Jeffrey Dahmer was going to be the most streamed show on Netflix this year, I was, I was, I was going to do nothing. I probably was just going to keep watching Netflix, but you know, it is, it makes me so happy. And I love that the show that does it is about a teen Gothic girl. And I'm like, ha ha, Jeffrey Dahmer, a teen Gothic girl beat you, bitch. 
Uh, also, Harry and Meghan is streamer's biggest documentary debut ever. I was talking about this with somebody. Do you think that Netflix has to be honest about their ranking system? Because if I was Harry and Meghan and I heard I've only watched that first episode and four new episodes come out on Thursday, you got or three new episodes. I'm sorry. Three new episodes come out on Thursday and I heard the other episodes get better. Um, I just really don't have a horse in this race. Um, but I wonder when you sign those contracts, if you're somebody like Harry and Meghan, I would imagine that there is a contract clause in there of like, don't make us look stupid, like make it seem like we're really popular. And I think they are really popular. I don't think there's, this is just something I'm wondering about all of Netflix's rankings is that they provide information, but they, they kind of like, they'll be like, this was like over a billion hours of viewing, but they don't give you specific data. And I just wonder if they ever fudge data and if that's part of a contract negotiation of like, okay, yeah, we'll do our docu-series with you, but you got to make us number one. And I also wonder about that. Do you ever wonder when you turn on Netflix, when you get those shows, like what they suggest to watch, and then a show just starts playing? I'm like, they did that with Harry and Meghan so many times when I turned on Netflix over the last week, where I was like, oh, shit, like they're, does this count towards their viewing? They're just showing it to me. It's just up already on my TV. Does this count towards their number one ranking? Um, but I geek out on this stuff, but I think it's very important to pay attention to with streaming. Um so Wednesday has become the third title to cross 1 billion hours viewed on Netflix within one month. Only Squid Game and Stranger Things Season 4 has done that to date. A billion hours. Imagine, I mean, I think me, I've, I've come close to watching a billion hours, of, but that's all, that's across all TV, not just one show. A billion hours of people watching Wednesday. Uh, Dahmer will be Netflix's number two most popular English language series of all time. Dahmer reached 856.2 million hours in that time. <laughs> Hats off, Jeffrey. I wish you were around to see the great success you've had this year. Um, this is just so interesting. Meanwhile, too, too Hot to Handle, which is a Netflix reality series, returned to season four, garnering 20.43 million, 20 million hours viewed for the week. Uh, rounding out the top 10 English language shows, Snack versus Chef, hosted by Megan Stalter and Hari Kondabolu, uh, number eight, followed by Dead to Me with Christina Applegate, season four, and season four of Manifest, which Manifest was a TV show on NBC that they then brought over to Netflix because it, people, their fans clamored so much that they're like, you can't get rid of the show. So Netflix snapped, snapped it up and it's over there. Um, but this is, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just thrilled it surpassed Dahmer. Um, this is interesting, you guys. I read this today and I was like, oh, uh, you know, Kate Hudson, the actress, um, you know, uh, rom-coms, uh, you know, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Goldie Hawn's her mom and Kurt Russell is her stepdad. And she announced today that she is recording her first album. She is she revealed on the Tonight Show that she is recording her first album. And I'm like, that's interesting because remember she was married or she has a kid with Matt Bellamy, who's the lead singer and guitarist of that band Muse. She also uh, was with the lead singer of the Black Crows, Chris Robinson, not to be confused with the Counting Crows. But I'll always remember for reality show lovers out there, remember the Rachel Zoe project? I believe it was the last season she was dressing Kate Hudson and they were they were somewhere together. I think it was like Paris maybe. And I, I always remember, I think she was like, 
<laughs> thank Kate Hudson. They were in a limo somewhere and Kate Hudson was singing, I think like, I want to say a Stevie Nicks song, maybe. And I was like, oh, she's one of those, like, she's one of your, you know, those friends you have, you guys that always finds a way to sing. They're like, I know I got a great voice. I'm just going to always, if I had a great voice, I would be just popping. I mean, do you remember in your twenties, like, did you ever have a karaoke phase or did your friends ever have a karaoke phase? Like I was scared to death of doing karaoke. I've only done karaoke once in my life. And it was, it was in my bachelor party and uh, I was really drunk, but like, I get nervous. No, well, once in public, then you can rent these like karaoke rooms and I've done karaoke in those rooms, but that's with a more tight circle of friends. I uh, I once sang Shallow with my friend and we killed it. We killed it in one of those tiny rooms. But if you put me in front of an audience, I would totally, I would, I would flop. Uh, but you have those friends that are always like, I'm a great singer. And they always just sing around you. And I remember this episode of the Rachel Zoe project where Kate Hudson was in the limo. And I think she was like, I could be just totally making this up. I believe she was like, they were just in the, you know, and she was like, and I was like, oh, Kate Hudson's that person. She's the one that's showing you all the time. That she's a damn good singer. But I don't know. Would you listen to a Kate Hudson album? Would you? I mean, like, what if what if Kate Hudson is doing, like, what if she's doing, like, death metal? What if she's, like, Willow Smith? Or it's, like, an intense rap album? Like, it's just, there's just so many ways this could go off track. That's all I'm saying. And, you know. By the way, Kate Hudson. Now, if Kate Hudson dated Jack Harlow, I'd be fine with it. You, you understand the difference? I'd be okay with that. I'd be, I'd be like, my blessings, Jack, Kate, I love you both. But do a leap, no, just no. I don't, I don't want that. I don't need that. Uh, you guys, Kathy Hilton, I talked about this story last week at the People's Choice Awards when Mar- Mariska Hargitay from Law & Order accepted a war, an award. Kathy was on camera putting on lip gloss. And I, in very Kathy fashion, she was on camera you know, Marissa, I guess she was up there presenting the award and Mariska gets it, the actor, and she's talking and the camera's out and Kathy's like, mm-hmm, and putting on the makeup all over. This is the Joker origin story, by the way. But you guys, uh, good news. Kathy has apologized, which I think is very, that's very big of her. She says, I feel terrible for the people's choice awards. Um, She said she would never do anything to be rude intentionally. She should have also added that. And unless you're Lisa Rinna, and then I would fucking, Um, but this turned into a viral moment. And I just feel like Kathy, that's called magic. You guys, that's called containing multitudes. What a special lady that she can even take presenting at the people's choice awards and it can go viral. And she says, I adore, and I respect Mariska very much. I I already reached out to her. Kathy said, I DM'd her, which in Kathy's case probably meant she left a comment on somebody else's page. Like Mariska, call me. She goes, I want to get her address. I feel terrible. (laughs) Hilton added that she would never do anything to be rooted intentionally. And that it was the first time being back on the stage with some of the girls of Beverly Hills. And so it got her all riled up, which is, that's great. Just blame Lisa and Erica. Just do that. I'll accept that. Yeah, do that. Uh, Hilton, who is a mother to socialite Paris Hilton. Oh, never knew that. Also offered an explanation for the mishap. She goes, I actually thought I was going to sneeze. She said, and you don't want to hear me sneeze. It's the loudest sneeze that you've ever heard in your life. I was looking for a tissue and I didn't have a tissue or a hanky. 
Oh my God. I love when Kathy says hanky in a statement. Hanky. Oh, tissue or a hanky. So I got a little nervous and I just put some lipstick on. So she's saying she was up there. She got a little nervous after she thought she was going to sneeze, looking for a tissue. And then she was like, you know what? I'll just put some lipstick on. Do we buy this? She goes, it was during Mariska's speech. So I thought the camera's not going to be on me. I didn't think I was in the shot. Also, wouldn't it be funny if she did sneeze and she sneezed? She said something really offensive. She said something like, oh, do you ever have somebody that sneezes that says something like, they're like, oh, God bless, you know, Kelly Clarkson. Like, I think it would be interesting uh, but think about how many celebrities Kathy Hilton has offended this year. Like we still haven't forgotten necessarily that Andy Cohen showed her a picture of Lizzo on watch what happens live. And she said, Oh, that's precious. That's the actress that plays. Pre- and, and it was another viral moment. Kathy is one of those. It's why she's so popular. It's like what I imagine evil Knievel, the stunt motorcycle rider of the seventies, what a weird example I just brought into this was that you probably watched him because you knew that he was potentially going to die or he might succeed. Like it was never, it was never like, oh, this is going to be amazing every time. You know, it's kind of like this podcast. You know, some episodes going to be amazing. Some episodes going to, it's going to drag. It's not going to be good. But Kathy, I think it's the same thing as I will always watch Kathy because you don't know if she'll stick to landing. And I really appreciate that about certain reality stars. I like that. I feel like that's very real. So uh, she apologized to Mariska. I think that is amazing. Okay. So this Sarah Heron, which who who's been on the show before many times, she writes for Us Weekly, and she wrote an article today about. Have you guys heard of this Bethany Frankel that uh, does everything uh, in show business? She this is such a great headline, and I put it on. I've been on a Bethany Frankel kick ever since. Watch what happens live. I mean, I've been on a Bethany Frankel kick for like twelve years or something. Um, but she. She gave her opinion, you guys, about uh, the Royals today. Because, you know, Bethany has to comment on everybody. And I think that's something so special about Bethany Frankel that she feels like she needs to let us know. By the way, it's my dream to be in Us Weekly. Sarah, if you're listening, Ryan Bailey speaks out against Dua Lipa and that rapper boy. Like, I would love if I was like... I would love, and then some meme guy could like like make fun of me and be like, who's this Brian Bailey making fun of Jack Harlow? Um, but guys, Harry and Meghan on Netflix, Bethany Frankel, she has mixed feelings about it. Um, and Howard Stern, by the way, really, and you know I love Howard Stern. He did an amazing interview with Lizzo on Monday, actually. Um, Bethany found it a little bit boring, you guys. She said, I found it a little bit boring. She took to TikTok as any, you know, 55-year-old woman would, and she gave us her review of the first three episodes. She goes, it didn't hold my attention. It didn't hold my attention. It seemed like they really wanted to be humanized. They wanted us to know that they are real human beings. We believe that you are really in love, and we believe that you're really human beings. Frank Frankel went on to suggest that the Suits alum wanted to hang out with major celebrities and gain notoriety from the famous family. Quote, it felt like this entire documentary was about how famous we are. It was relentless, she continued. If you're being trolled by the media, the royal family gave you the advice to say nothing because that's the advice the most very famous people are given. If you add gasoline to a fire, the fire blows up even bigger. It feels like they, and Megan in particular, just keep wanting to tell us more. Now, you guys know the obvious 
funny part of this is, is that you could switch the name Megan out with Bethany and it would work. Like uh, if you add gasoline to a fire, the fire blows up even bigger. It feels like they and Bethany in particular just keep wanting to tell us more. The reality star added that the show was a smash and grab job for money, explaining it feels like grab the bag because we're leaving this thing and we got to take everything we can. Now, I feel the same way. It is a cash grab. But how is that any different than anything Bethany Frankel does at this point? I mean, this is the wrong time to be talking about cash grabs unless you're like, listen, you can trust me. I know a cash grab when I see one. That's my whole thing now. That's what her whole podcast, which I love people. Listen, I went on, uh, I said Liz Cully's pod today. And I think we talked about Bethany a little bit. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm a, I was a huge Bethany. I'm still a Bethany fan fan of the show i was like i love bethany ever after her journey to like and i love that she actually we saw her work her ass off where she built an actual brand we saw we saw skinny girl just blow up and i thought that was really awesome but then to catch her every move like oh she's doing makeup oh she's doing tiktok oh she's doing this tv show on cnbc oh she's over on watch what happens live oh she's doing a bravo uh podcast commenting recapping certain housewives shows of uh new york and giving her opinion with celebrity guests which is just an idea that we all do like we all do that she has a unique perspective of course but she made fun of it for the last three years that's why what my issue with it was but it it felt like a cash grab it didn't feel genuine because i was like why would you want to do something that you've made fun of for three years and that's why i think there's a little bit of psychosis in bethany frankel like there's a little bit of psychosis in all of us where she feels the need she needs to be a part of it it's like a successful lisa rinna almost like if if the attention or the spotlight or she's not in us weekly or daily mail bethany gets worried and releases a new fo- like form of like cauliflower chip or something you know and then I also then start to wonder, is Bethany okay? Like financially, is she all right? Is she set? I feel she be, she should be set. I get like, I mean, she would know about not leaving money on the table. But also what's wrong with setting yourself up for life? I keep trying to think about the Harry and Meghan thing. And I would love to talk, I want to talk to Lex Nico before the end of the year and ask her this because she's doing a Royals podcast pretty soon uh, with uh, Samantha Bush, uh, Bravo historian. And I'm actually excited for that because I don't know tons about the Royals. But from what I understood, you know, he has relinquished his lifestyle, but they still need to pay for security. And they would, I mean, listen, if I married a prince or a princess, I would kind of expect to have a lavish lifestyle. I wouldn't expect to be the Unabomber out there in the woods, um, and especially if they're raising children. Um, So what is wrong with doing these things? And listen, the show could be shitty, but it looks like it was at least well done in terms of editing, music, all of that kind of stuff. It might be a little slow paced, but what is wrong with doing that? We've seen, uh, do you guys happen to remember that uh, show? What is it? The Big Shot with Bethany Frankel on HBO Max over the pandemic, where people were competing for a job with her. Uh, DJ Nicole Rose, Nicole Stellings, I believe Nicole Rose is DJ Nicole Rose. I believe she was on the show a long time ago and she was so great. I should actually say hi to her and see how she's doing. She was so great. She was a uh, character on there and it was a mess of a show. It didn't get a second season. Bethany ended up giving one of the major decisions of the show to her daughter, Bryn, who I think was like 11 at a time. Can you imagine like, well, I didn't get the job because uh, Bryn said I didn't have the right credentials. Like, she was like, I don't know, Bryn, what do you think? 
it was i was like wow what a weird it was a very and i wanted to like it so bad like i was so in on that show and that was when i was like oh weird and i almost was like oh it was a lesson to me of like oh roni real housewives in new york that's good it's a group of women it's not one woman it's it's not i always say the star of the show is the show or at least it should be the star can, the show can create stars, but you'll never be bigger than the show, nor should you be. And I think that is something that Andy Cohen is very protective of. And I, I hope he is. Um, but I have found it so funny of Bethany. Of course, Bethany would comment on Harry and Megan. Of course. Why wouldn't she? I listen, just like, and it's funny because I realize I'm being hypocritical as well. I literally, I do this and I'm less successful and I comment about everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking to grab money off the table. I'm looking to do crap. If you guys see any cash, I want to grab that cash. If you have any cash grab opportunities, I will grab that cash. I mean, listen, I will, I will, (laughs) I will do things to my body for cash. You guys, please help me. Um, I told you today would be weird. I told you guys. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Oh, do you hear this story about Drake? This Drake, man, he might be single for too long. It's like when people are single for too long, they're just too far gone. And with the amount of wealth, money, and fame, and like this Drake's good looking dude. That's the other thing. Jack now, okay, here, let's throw this in. If Drake dated Dua Lipa, that would be worse than Jack Harlow for me. Then I'd be like, game over. Game over. Thinking about Drake dating Dua Lipa makes me okay with Jack Harlow dating Dua Lipa. Does that make sense? Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I could, I could deal with that. That just sent, I I didn't even think about that until now. If Drake gets involved with Dua Lipa, which is a very, oh my God, what do you, do you think Drake will make a move for Kim Kardashian or vice versa? Um, So get this, Drake gets a necklace with 42 engagement ring diamonds. And he got this necklace one diamond for all the times he's wanted to propose in his life. Is this dude all right? Like, what is? How do you even tell? How do you even do? You, do you pop into Zales Jeweler? You're like, or K's? You're like, good sir at Zales. I've had, I've wanted to, I've fallen in love forty two times. None of them have worked out. This is my Drake voice, by the way. Dear sir, please make me the biggest diamond necklace with 42 engagement rings so I can wear it on my neck. So you guys, this sounds like it's it's bullshit, but it's true. The total is 351.38 carats in diamonds. On top of all of that ice, it's made using 18 carat white gold and was set using the eagle claw technique. I don't even know what the fucking eagle claw technique is. Does an actual, is an eagle involved? Does it eat like, we had an eagle come look at this necklace and bless it. Um, this thing took 14 months to complete and was built by hand in New York City. I feel like they're just telling Drake this. I feel like we could do this in a couple of days. They're like, it took 14 months, bro. Like it's it's we're gonna have to 14 months of work. He won't reveal how much it cost. Drake debuted it at Little Baby's birthday concert in Atlanta last and of all the unfortunate rap names, Little Baby. And you guys, like I, you guys, little baby fans, you probably are like, I love that. Like, but think about it. Like when you're old, like grandpa, little baby, little bit, little baby. Do you ever graduate to just little instead of lil? 
Um, and I love that he debuted a necklace. Like it's, Drake, which I think is one of the things we love about him, is that he really has a very feminine side. He's really very like, I wanted to get married 42 times. I need to remember, I need to have something on me at all times to remind me of every time I've wanted to be. He really is a certified lover boy, just like I'm the bad boy at podcasting. Don't ever forget it. Uh, so congratulations, Drake. I hope that doesn't get stolen. Um <laughs> seriously uh oh this is cool speaking of netflix uh you guys hear this pam anderson uh pamela anderson which pam and tommy got nominated for golden globes for both actors uh portraying pamela and tommy uh the other day but netflix announced today i thought this was pretty cool actually um i'm definitely going to be watching this the first week it comes out she is making an upcoming documentary about her life for netflix and I think that's amazing. I cannot wait to watch that. She said her sons convinced her to do it. The documentary will premiere on Netflix on January 31st, and she is ready to tell her own story. And part of this was because of how they portrayed her and Pam and Tommy. And I, I think that's, you know, if you're a celebrity, you deserve to try to narrate your story in the best way possible. I just sometimes don't feel like some, uh, some of these people have the distance on their lives. Like, that's why it's like funny, like Craig Conover wrote a book, like maybe you should do that 20 years from now or Lala Kent, like Lala Kent's book right now would be fire. Oh my God. I'm an old man. And I just said fire. Oh, I hate when I do, I should have some kind of electrode stuck to me every time I say something like that to shock me. But Lala Kent's book, I want to read now. I didn't like give me give him Lala was like cool. It was fine. I I read it, um, and it was fine. Uh, but her story now is the story that I would want to read. And sometimes you have to give distance on your life. So I think Pamela is at a point where she is so far removed. I mean, she's had sons with Tommy Lee, but they're no longer together and haven't been for a long time. So she has enough perspective on that. So I'm really excited to uh to watch that documentary. I, I love that we are going to be uh, given all of these gifts as pop culture lovers, as you know, time goes on. A lot of these people will be giving us their stories that we grew up watching. And I think that's awesome. Um, listen, Taylor Swift turned 33. By the way, Taylor, if you're listening, I'm so sorry I didn't reach out yesterday. It has been so crazy. And I it was her 33rd birthday. And of course, she spent it in the studio with Jack Antonoff, who is one of her longtime collaborators. Of course, she was working. This girl is so prolific and gets better every fuck. It's just it's truly amazing. But she she got in that Ticketmaster snafu, right? And it, you know, it was like, oh shit, did Taylor do a misstep? But here's the cool thing. So there, this is from a CNBC. One sec. Is um is that I guess Taylor went in there and Ticketmaster now says uh they no longer want to be the anti-hero to Taylor Swift fans. And at the request of Swift's team, the ticket seller said on Monday that some fans will have a limited opportunity per- to purchase a maximum of two tickets each to her upcoming era's tour quote. You were selected for this opportunity because you have been identified as a fan who received a boost during the verified fan presale, but did not purchase tickets. Ticketmaster wrote in an email to a group of fans on Monday. We apologize for the difficulties you may have experienced and have been asked by Taylor's team to create this additional opportunity for you to purchase tickets. 
Many fans took screenshots of the email and posted it on Twitter, sharing their excitement about getting another opportunity to see her 2023 U.S. tour. Um, And that was because, remember, the public sale was canceled due to extraordinarily high demand. Ticketmaster claimed that 3.5 million fans pre-registered for Swift's verified fan program, the largest registration in history, but the company cited high demand and a staggering number of bot attacks, which is usually scalpers that are trying to get all the tickets, which by the way, Ticketmaster kind of wants, and I believe encouraged, and I believe there's going to be a massive, massive lawsuit and an antitrust lawsuit, all of that stuff, but there resulted in 3.5 billion system requests or four times their previous peak i don't give a fuck do your handle your business man what did you expect it's taylor swift so this really ignited a fury lawsuits all of that stuff and Ticketmaster has said doing so helps us to ensure more tickets go to the fans who actually attend the event by doing the verified pre-sale but i feel like it's a speaking of money grab bethany frankel i need your opinion on what do you think about the taylor swift thing bethany have you made a comment on this yet Uh, But all these verified fans that signed up, they were subjected to hours long waits for these tickets. You guys, a lot of you guys did this and didn't get like right as my sister was trying to get Arizona tickets for her and my niece. And she got in and right as she was getting the tickets, it just put her back in queue and she didn't get them. And I was like, whoa, Swift apologized for the excruciating uh event that her fans had to go through and to wa- just watch mistakes happen with no recourse so you know she did try to make this and her team make this happen which at least i think i think that's good that at least she's trying to make good um so good good on you taylor i like that you keep doing the right thing it's nice to see a celebrity in this day and age do that um Okay, we've got to get we've got to get to the recap. I've got so many stories here to to do. Uh, I do want to say one thing though, and listen, I'm a straight white dude. I've been married before, didn't really do good at it. I mean, I did good at it for a while. I did good at it for a very long time. I was married for a very long time, I think. Um, but listen, I'm not one of those people, and you guys know that uh, some of my best friends are gay men and women. And there was a uh, a bill signed today by our president to protect same sex marriage rights, and uh, I think equality uh, for that. I I believe in that greatly. And some of the most beautiful, most loving relationships I have seen have been in gay marriage relationships. Oh my God. Like sometimes I I feel like what well, you are you, some some of you gay people are making me look bad like that's how good of a relationship you have but also it's really none of my business <laughs> you know what I'm saying like why the f it's like Bethany Frankel chiming in on Harry and Meghan like why nobody really asked like nobody asked you to chime in and I just feel like um, with this whether you know like if you have some kind of real burning thing where you think this is wrong. You know, let whoever you, whatever deity, whatever, you know, whoever, whatever God you follow, let him handle it or her handle it or them handle it or whatever. But people deserve to find love and people deserve to have that love recognized, especially in the good old United States of America. I know this might be, oh my God, believe me, you guys, I hate saying stuff like this uh, because I know that I run the risk of people really disagreeing, which is okay. Remember, 
have your own opinions. But I think this is a really easy one because you just mind your own business and fall in love with whoever you want to fall in love with and hopefully have a great marriage and, and work on that marriage and other people's marriages. Sometimes it's none of your business unless they're on reality television and then it's fully our business. Lenny and Lisa from Miami, we will be recapping Miami on the main feed. I have decided today that we'll be over the holiday break. So get ready because I am loving Miami. So you're going to get as an early holiday gift to me next week. I believe you're going to get a lot of Real Housewives of Miami recaps on top of a year in review. So I'm going to keep working this entire holiday. No days off, man. The only thing I have days off in is working out. I'm like, that's the only time where, you know, like, usually that's the work, like no days off when you're like trying to like work out and, you know, but I don't have that with working out. I'm like, let's take one more day off. But with podcasting and with pop culture, no days off. We do this forever. And I hope somebody out there really dicks this because I need it probably more than you guys do. But I, I congratulate. I think this is a, uh, I just wanted to to mention that, that I thought this was actually really cool. Like it, it's something that should, uh, this shouldn't be a thing anymore. And I'm sorry for the people that it is a thing. I'm sorry that some other person's love or their their relationship would bother you. Like I said, I feel like reality shows, that's where you got to, let things bother you like pop culture. That's where you got to let things bother you. Other people's business, unless they're hurting you or doing something, uh, you know, really insidious. And I think we all can agree on what those things are. I'm looking at you, Balenciaga, which we'll talk about on Thursday, finally. Uh, but I, I wanted to say, uh, congrats to all my, uh, my gay brothers and sisters. Oh my God. I just said gay brothers and sisters. I just can't win for losing. I just, I feel like, I should just pack it in. I, I, I just, my gay brothers and sister, my gay brothers and sisters out there. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, okay. I got to get onto this recap or I'm going to be here all night and it's already midnight. Uh, and we have a great episode of Salt Lake. This is a two in one episode. I do way too much. Two in one means way too much in one. But I also hope you guys really dig it. And also remember there are timestamps so you can skip to wherever you want in the recap. That's what I love about this. If you just want to hear the Salt Lake recap, you can skip right to it. If you want to hear me ramble on about my Bethany Frankel pop culture takes, it's there for you. And if you don't, that's fine too. It's all good. But this episode of Salt Lake, we're just going to go right into it. Uh, We're going to go right into it. Season three, episode 10, originally aired on December 7th, which was last Wednesday. And it's called High Heels in the High Seas. I love the choir. And I was watching Home Alone and they have that beautiful like, oh, and it reminded me of the Salt Lake Choir on the show. But I like the Salt Lake Choir when they're in San Diego. It's like, the music in the background is a little more funky, which I don't think I did with my vocal warm up right there. But High Heels in the High Seas. And it's a great title, you guys. If we're going to rate the title, this is 10 out of 10. Because High Heels in the High Seas works even before you see the episode. And then after you see the episode, it works even more. Because this maniac in our society, Jen Shaw, throws Angie K's $1,500 shoes into the ocean. High Heels in the High Seas. So it works on both levels. That's amazing. The Salt Lake, you guys not watching Salt Lake. What are you doing? 
you're missing great television. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen on television. Every time you think it's going to go one way, it goes the other. People aren't like, there's no character motivation. The people that should be mad at the people aren't mad at the right people and they're forgiving the wrong people. None of it makes sense. We're just all waiting for Jen Shaw to get sentenced. And she's being a complete asshole in the process. I mean, just even up this week, she's still fighting on Twitter. I just don't think she gets it. And I'm willing to think, I don't think she's sorry that she did any of the stuff. I don't know what, I don't sense a lot of conscience here. And I think, you know, those lies we tell ourselves, I tell myself lies all the time. I tell myself lies. Oh, you know, you look good in Spanx and oh my God, you really are the bad boy of podcasting. And oh my God, that is six inches. And oh my God, you know, like I tell myself tons of lies. The point is, Jen feels like she tells the most lies of all to herself. I feel like she has not had a come to Jesus moment with herself realizing, and it's got to, you know, I just, I want some complete and utter honesty. I want a little Carl Radke moment from Jen Shaw. Is that too much to ask? Is a real come to Jesus moment where she's like, I fucking don't know, dude. I am so all over the place. Instead, she's all over the place, but then she never really apologizes for it. Or she'll apologize for a moment, and then she'll attack somebody in the same minute. (laughs) And just throw good crudite in the ocean. I mean, like, and then she threw plastic in the ocean at the one point. I mean, like, I I felt like we're going to see a poor dolphin die before us. It's just she shouldn't, like, it's just... I don't know. I, I I try to empathize with everybody and I try to think about what really is going through somebody's head. But I also think she is the kind of rare breed is that I think she is potentially a true con artist. And I think she cons herself as well. We talked about the White Lotus season two, how I thought it was all about cons. It was all about people conning people. And sometimes it worked out in their favor and sometimes it didn't. I think Jen Shaw conned a lot of people over the course of her career and it worked out for a good portion of it. And she made people a lot of money, including herself. But now she's conning herself and actually not accepting um, what she's done. And I think I just want to know without the theatrics, like, is there a Jen Shaw without theatrics? Is she always been this theatrical? I know she has on the show, but in her actual life, has it always been this much? Has it always been on 11? You know, folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. So this is the cable company gives us this uh, this description for the show, and you know it's going to be good. It says the chaos on the high seas, but I, I already picture like pirate adventures continues as designer shoes end up overboard. I'm already like I'm in. You add me at chaos. Push to her limit, Lisa, Lisa Barlow, reconsiders her friendship with Jen. Oh, okay, it only took three seasons. The ladies get ready for a luau dinner. Why not, right? But tensions come to an all-time high. I love that Bravo has a tension meter. They're like, uh, sir, we're at an all-time high on the tension meter. The tension meter is off the charts, sir. Andy, Mr. Cohen, Mr. Cohen, please wake up. We've got a tension meter all-time high warning in San Diego. Jen has just threw Louboutins in the ocean. Uh, tensions come to an all-time high when the wo- the women throw shots. That's a clunky line. Uh, we always start with previously on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because they don't think we remember. They think we are all like that dude from The Notebook or the lady from The Notebook. For, you know, we, Anyway, you guys, we see the ladies arriving in San Diego. Everyone's laughing, having fun in the Sprinter van, which, by the way, compliments to production. Like I always said, this is a perfectly decked out Sprinter van. I see 30 billion cameras all around, so I know I'm going to get every moment of juice out of these Sprinter van rides. And once again, I am telling Bravo, I will pay five extra dollars a month if you give me all the Sprinter van footage for every show. Wouldn't you pay extra to Bravo? I said, I'll give you $9.99 a month if you just give me, I'll edit it myself. Just give me the raw footage. Let me see everything. I want to see it all. Let me let me piece it together like my own personal Minecraft, you know? Uh, we see the ladies on the house tour and Angie Kay kind of takes over as the host, Jen's friend. And she ignores Jen saying something and about taking the master suite because finally Jen has to take a regular beautiful room. Imagine that. Imagine staying in a beautiful place and not getting the master suite, guess what? I've done it every time. I don't give a fuck. But Jen's pissed. Jen's like, I didn't build money out of the elderly to stay in a smaller room. I should be celebrated for being a criminal. Please let me be a queen here. We see Jen uh, pour champagne on Angie's head, her friend. And then Jen and Angie argue in the Sprinter van on the way to the yacht party. Angie accuses Jen of not paying for Coach Shaw's party. And listen, let's just call a spade a spade. Angie K. Angie K is like all of these ladies. She wants to be on the show. Of course, she's going to be like, yeah, have it at my place. Okay, you know what? I'll front, I'll pay for what needed. You just, you know, you get me when you can or whatever. I mean, listen, this is, the more I think about it, like, listen, the price, 
the price of being on the show is throwing this party for Coach Shaw. And I think deep down, Angie K probably knew this, but I still understand being pissed at Jen for it because like, how dare you not even offer on the yacht, Jen? And why is Jen Shaw always giving jewel like here, I owe that. And then she'll take an, a necklace or a earring off her person and give it to you. Like, this isn't a fucking barter system. We're not at the Pasadena Rose Bowl, like in a trading post Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, thank you for throwing the party. Here is goods and sundries. Here is a leather sheath for your knife. Like, what? Like, just you could just write me a check. On the yacht, Jen confides in Meredith about the situation. And Meredith says in a talking head, I'm concerned for Jen. I'm concerned. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay. She says Jen is about to hit her breaking point. Really? We haven't gotten there yet? She's going to hit her breaking point? And also, Meredith, maybe she should hit her breaking point because maybe once we hit that breaking point, real healing can begin. We don't have any taglines this week because it is a jam-packed show. San Diego, day one, the scroll says. We're on a yacht. We come, we pick up from where last week, Jen is talking to Meredith and Jen is talking to Meredith and Heather and Jen's like, you were coming at me at my most vulnerable time. You know this? Fuck you, Angie. She's fake as fuck. And then we flash over to Angie K talking to Whitney, Lisa, and Dana Banana. And we're doing that summer loving. Had me. We're two groups of people. Very common in Bravo world. And Angie goes, that was so hurtful and degrading and not even funny. I'm trying to figure out. And Lisa's like, to me, that was not funny. And that was not in jest. Like, I don't see any humor in that. We go back to Jen. And she's like, you guys, on my dad's grave. I was just trying to lighten the mood because shit got so fucking weird when she she was doing the tour. I love when Jen's like shit gets weird. She becomes carrot top. She was like, I was doing the classic pour of champagne on your friend's head bit. Are you kidding me? Are you not Monty Python fans? This is a high comedy concept where I pour a full glass of champagne over a friend's hair. Uh, and Heather's like, she was acting like this trip was her thing, Jen. Like that's like taking the best room and doing all these things and like not even acknowledging you. And I saw it and Lisa took up for her immediately. She didn't even hesitate. So now Heather not only is agreeing with Jen but she's also now bringing Lisa into it. Like, did you see Lisa agree with Angie K? Like, I already understand you're Angie, uh, upset with Angie K, but may I suggest being also upset at Lisa Barlow? Heather, come in from the storm. How are you? Like, cover yourself. Come rest in my bosom. Like, I, I feel like you, 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 I, I'm worried about you, honestly. Jen goes, everything today completely caught me by surprise. You know, this is super hurtful because I'm like, wow, she really doesn't give a fuck. She's just like everybody else. By the way, you guys, I forgot to say this at the beginning. Laura Beth Harp took these notes. She's been taking the notes all season long on Salt Lake and she kills it. Her Instagram is at Laura Beth Harp. And I realized during the holidays, especially, I know how annoying it is to take notes on these things because I've done it for so long. She kills it. So thank you, Laura Beth, if you're listening. She's like, fuck, no, I'm not listening. I'm going to take these notes. I already know what goes on in Salt Lake. Jen in a confessional goes, I'm really hurt right now. Lisa, you didn't even give me the respect of coming to me and saying, Jen, are you okay? Are you over there kicking with Angie K? I care about Lisa and Lisa basically shit on me. By the way, it's always hysterical because Lisa's in her little tiny black hat where she looks like Miss Monopoly. She's like, <laughs> she's always bitching about somebody else. And listen, what is like, well, oh, let's go. I need to come kiss the ring of Jen Shaw. Like, I'm sorry that I'm kicking with Angie K. And we go back to Angie and Angie's like, I just feel at times like I'm being used. Ding, ding, ding. And this sounds really terrible, but here she is, you know, being charged for something where she is supposedly conning people out of money. She's told me she's not guilty and I'm choosing to believe her, but somehow I got conned for into pain for this entire event. I love when people make connections way past the point of 
when these connections what you know i love when they have a usual suspects end of the movie moment where they're like i mean she's being saying she's uh, there's alleged conning going on of all these elderly people but the gen i know is really kind and when i paid fifteen thousand dollars for that party she seemed very happy and didn't i paid for that party what the hell like um and she goes, you know, if you want to pay someone back, you pay them back. But me, because I know she's going through what she's going through, I'm trying to be compassionate. This is exactly what Jesus taught. I have the money. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to hope that she comes forward on her own without me asking for it. And I've been waiting and she hasn't done it. Angie in a confessional goes, I've known Jen forever, but lately Jen has been very toxic. <laughs> but lately, you know, <laughs> for the last decade, Jen has been very toxic. And I'm not sure the ladies are seeing this or they're just willing to keep coming back for more, but I'm not willing to do that. I have too much self-respect. I'm Angie Kay. And Whitney's like, it was really inspiring to see you be very honest and very real because I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with Heather. And I'm proud of you for speaking up. And Angie's like, but there's this piece of me that is always hesitant to say what I'm thinking because I know that I can trigger or set her off really easily. It's like I, I, I'm on eggshells with her. And Lisa goes, wait, and Whitney, I just said this. Nobody wants to be in a friendship hostage situation. And Dana's like, but my thing is just like, why haven't you guys said anything to her? Dana is literally the voice of the audience. She is the voice of reason. Like, I feel like, you know, watch Dana right now because this is the most, this is the most uh, enlightened she will ever be. It'll only get worse for Dana Banana from this point on because you get sucked into this whole housewife system. So if she does get a second season, you know, like you, you know, she's she's thinking normally now. We got to watch her trajectory though. Um, and Lisa goes, "There are friends that I love that I know I'm not getting what I deserve in return, and I put up with because I love them." And and Dana's like, "But what? Is, when is enough? Is enough? Like when's it going to be enough?" And Lisa's like, "That's." Sometimes you have to figure out on your own. You can tell she's stumped, Lisa. She's like, oh, shit. Nobody's ever asked this about Jen. And Dana's like, you got to find a balance. This is not healthy. No. I'm like, Dana. Dana Banana is my favorite character on Salt Lake. Dana in a confessional goes, I feel like a lot of the girls are either afraid, intimidated, or something with Jen. We get a flashback to Jen pouring the champagne and no one's saying or doing anything about it. But I don't like her behavior, Dana says. I don't like how she talks to people. And if she can talk to friends like that, then she'll probably talk to me like that. Yep, that's called deductive. I don't know what it's called, but it's, I think it's damn genius. And we go back over to Jen and Meredith's like, as the CEO of fun, it's time to go downstairs and have a little fun. <laughs> Does anybody think Meredith shouldn't have gotten this job? I feel like we should, she should be on the big shot with Bethany. Bryn, Bryn Frankel, what do you think? Do you think Meredith, uh, we should keep her on as the CEO of fun? No, she fucking sucks. Okay, cool. You're fired, Meredith. The ladies head back to join the rest of the ladies. DJ Kimmy still dropping the beats. There's nothing more awkward than a DJ on a boat for seven people. It's very, you know, it's like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Calvin Harris. It's just your uncle and a couple of people just like, okay, cool. Back to Angie and the other ladies. They're getting ready to take a shot together because, you know, what I've always found in intense situations, alcohol always helps. Never a bad thing. And when he's like, can we turn up now? And Angie's like, yeah, thank you for pulling me out of my funk. You are so sweet. And when he's like, we can all be sweet. We can all be bitches. But at the end 
of the day we have to hear each other. Heather grabs Meredith's butt as she's coming down the ladder. And Heather goes, Meredith, significantly more ass than I would anticipate. Which, by the way, we see Meredith later at a luau. Not a lot of ass there. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? But Heather's a liar. And Whitney's like, all right, this is my turn up crew. And Jen's like, wait a minute. I need a drink to deal with these bitches. And she's coming around the side of the boat. And Mara's like, oh, you guys have cute little snacks. And Dana Banana's like, Heather, are you going to take a shot? And Heather's like, I am not doing a shot, but I love you all. And Dana's like, okay, one for me and the champagne gang girls. Jen walks up to the group and Jen's like, I'm here. And when he's like, Jen, I've been waiting all day to do this for you. And Jen's like, come through. And Whitney's like, you ready? And Whitney twerks upside down on her head. The ladies are all cheering. Like this, finally, this is what gets the ladies' attention. The champagne, nothing over the head, but this is like good twerking. And Andy's like, I don't want to do that move. How long have you been working on that? And Whitney's like, all my life. <laughs> I've been working. This I want to see a star is born with Whitney in it. Wouldn't you, with the Lady Gaga role, like with Whitney singing Shallow, far from the shallow now. (laughs) Heather goes, and that's how she got Justin, you guys. (laughs) Whitney's like, Jen, you're a white girl with no ass is twerking. Get up here. And Lisa's like, let's dance, you guys. Come on, Jen. Let's go. Let's have fun. Tin roof rusted. Angie, Lisa, Whitney, and Dana are dancing. Meredith, Jen, and Heather are just sitting there. And Lisa, Lisa's like, seriously, come on. And Jen, under her breath, goes, I've been the fucking fun. Tell those bitches to bring it. And Lisa's like, hey, if you want to say something, say it to me. I've said everything I want to say to your face. Why are you acting like you're mad at me? I've done nothing to you and jen's like be consistent you expect me to be consistent with you which i have which she hasn't which by the way that's the uh what is that the the, oh that's the arrested development she hasn't um sorry (laughs) so all of a sudden thinking about arrested development um lisa goes i'm being consistent with you and meredith the fun police is yelling she's moving her hands like she's just like just trying to distract you're like over here look out here look out here and jen's like you be consistent she's not even your fucking friend but do your thing girl do your thing and lisa's like what does that even mean and they're all awkwardly dancing behind her it is so and realize this is awkward on top of awkward because you're like seven people dancing for a dj I feel like this is like a hostage situation where they make you dance to techno. And Jen gets up and Lisa follows her. And Lisa's like, hey, listen. And Jen goes, you do your thing. Lisa tries to grab Jen's hand and Jen rips it away and kind of pushes Lisa away. And Lisa goes, oh, oh. And Jen goes, I'm good. And Lisa goes, no, you're not. You're not doing this, Jen. And Lisa wraps her arms around Jen. And she's like, Jen, listen, Jen. And Jen goes, guess what, Lisa? I don't give a fuck. I'm dealing with bigger issues right now. And Lisa goes, Jen, don't do this to me. I'm a good friend to you. Don't do this to me. Why does she care? Like, this is what I don't under. I feel like we've not seen it. It's like on that Nixium documentary, I never saw the charm of Keith Raniere. It didn't come through on screen. And this is the thing where I don't understand why everybody's like, don't do this. Like, Lisa, you're stronger than Jen Shaw at this point. What do you, what do you, don't do what? Who cares? Let her go cry in a corner. 
you're on solid ground. You have the higher ground here. And Jen's like, be a good fucking friend. Because if I did this shit with Angie Harrington, you'd be fucking livid, Lisa. What am I doing wrong? Do that shit, though. Do that. Do fucking that, Lisa. There's overlapping dialogue, like a David Mamet play, which I really love. And Lisa's like, what does that mean? I have had your fucking back. What does that mean, Jen? You saw what she just did to me. Listen, she's going to do the same thing to you. Listen, fuck y'all. Don't you ever fucking expect me to have your fucking back. And Lisa tries to put her arms around Jen again and Jen pushes her away Meredith sees this happen literally turns the other way and Jen goes don't don't you fucking dare and Lisa's like I didn't do anything and Jen has her finger in Lisa's face by the way the Bravo doc had a great post pointing out all of the um uh, the crimes Jen Shaw committed on this boat, like there were threats, verbal threats, physical threats, uh, damage of property throwing into the ocean. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Jen goes, don't don't you fucking dare. I didn't do anything. You want to have her back? Fucking watch where the fucking cap is. And Lisa goes, don't you dare come to me and ask me to have your fucking back. Listen, listen. Jen's like, no. Jen goes, Lisa goes, Jen. And Jen goes, don't you dare do that. Go, go do that shit. Let me take my charcuterie. She says charcuterie. Even though it's not charcuterie, it is uh, a vegetable platter. Um, that is not, I, I saw no meats nor cheeses. And this is where I excel, you guys. This uh, this was a veggie tray and uh, not charcuterie. But Jen, in the moment, she's like, let me take my charcuterie board. Fuck that shit. And Jen throws the veggie tray over the side of the boat into the water. Like I said, we see three dolphins die once that plastic just hits the water. Um, By the way, Jen... Also, first off, I get I get so like the shoes were like one thing. Like I heard their prices, like that's insane. You can buy so many shoes at Old Navy for fifteen hundred dollars. Secondly, I get more offended when food is wasted. I'm like, wait, what? You threw all the that? Like, what if I wanted a carrot at this point? And that little ranch dressing thing with the little lid on those little veggie trays. Uh, anyways, also Jen's dialogue in the scene. I also was like. It could be used in most rap songs. She goes, don't you dare do that. Go do that shit. Let me take my charcuterie board. Fuck that shit. If you read all of Jen's lines in the scene, you want to have a back fucking watch where the fucking cap is. No, no. Don't you dare do that. Go do that shit. Let me take my charcuterie board. Fuck that shit. Jigga, 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 jigga. What? Jigga, jigga, What? We go to a commercial break. We come back. And Lisa goes, Jen, you can throw food. And Jen's like, I can throw whatever the fuck I want. Not in prison. And while this is happening, Whitney and Dana Banana are just twerking away and partying in the background. And the captain comes up and says, hey, I'm going to kill myself now. Uh, This is horrible to watch. And tells them they can't be where they are on the boat. And uh, by the way, Laura Beth writes, Ryan, forgive me. I don't know the parts of a boat. Laura, I forgive you. I don't know the parts of a boat. They're on a boat. That's all we need to know. They're on a fucking boat. Like they're on the boat. They're on the water. If they're, I'll let you know if they're in the water. They're on a boat. Okay. And I have, I'm good with it. I can picture the boat right now. Lisa goes, Hey, I'm going to follow you. Stop. And it's like, don't come by me because I've had your fucking back when nobody did. You fucking bitch. Nobody did. <laughs> and Lisa's like, Okay. How did Lisa? I thought this was like Angie K and now Lisa because of Heather got brought into this. It's just like a mess and a half. And Jen goes, did she have your fucking back? Nobody did. Did she have your back? Did she have your back? And Lisa goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And Jen goes, good. I had your fucking back. Go. I had your back. So much of this having somebody's back. Like, listen, don't have my back then. Like, don't. If you're going to complain about having my back, then it takes away the power of having my back. 
Like if you're going to have my back and then complain about having my back the whole time, it's like, you know what? Let me go see a chiropractor because I'm going to take care of my back myself. It's annoying. And Lisa's like, I can't have that right now. Stop being a bitch to me. I can't have it right now. I did nothing to you. I've done nothing to you. And Heather's like, Lisa, stop. And Lisa's like, no, this is fucked up. I have been your friend. I'm a good friend. And Heather's like, stop, 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 stop. Heather, let Jen fight her own fights. Uh, There's a lot of yelling here. It's hard to hear who's saying what. Jen and Lisa are standing up now. and The other ladies are watching and listening, which is this has got to be like front row seats. At like, you know, Elton John or something. They're like just a performance art. And Dana's like, what's going on? And Jen's like, I stood up for you. And Lisa goes, say it. Say you're my friend. Say it. And Heather's like, Jen, stop, stop. <laughs> you know, I do that with a lot of my friends. I'll be like, tell me you're my fucking friend. Like, I'll do that over text. Tell me you're my fucking friend. And I'll just do it at random times of the night. Just so they wake up, just shocked. They'll be like, how about this? Tell me you're my fucking friend. Do that with a friend today. Text them in the middle of the day and go, tell me you're my friend. Do it angry like this if you're watching this on video. Tell me you're my fucking friend. You'll really freak him out. Lisa walks away to the group and Heather walks over to Jen. Lisa in a confessional goes, it's emotional manipulation. Make everybody else feel like they're the worst friends in the world to you and they're horrible. Meanwhile, you're the one who's doing all the shitty stuff because you shouldn't be treating me badly. Stop saying have my back. Who's my fucking friend? I need to know who's real. You're not the fucking real one. You're the fake as fuck. You're as fake as your boobs, your ass, your face, your everything. Boom, boom, Barlow in the house. Boom, boom, Barlow in the house. I have really come to, but but what I need is Barlow to have this in scenes. I don't need her to get cocky in talking heads. I want her to have this in scenes. Don't go running a generator like, be my friend, be my friend, say you're my friend. No, shut her down. I'm. This is what I don't understand. And Angie goes, remember, you're not going to get anywhere right now. And Lisa goes, no. And Angie goes, so just take a breather. Come on, we'll come back for everything. And Jen goes, I'm tired. And Heather goes, take a deep breath because I know you have never been ambushed like that. It's horribly painful. I know. I want you to take a deep breath because you're good. You're strong. Heather at this point has created a three-bedroom condo in Jen Shaw's ass with running water, electricity, full cable. It's really nice up there. Heather seems like she's going to hibernate there for the winter. It is just fully living in Jen Shaw's asshole right now. And Jen's crying. No one's going through what I'm going through. And Heather's like, I know this is fucked up shit. And Heather's like, don't even let them listen to you. Don't let them even see you cry. And Heather in a confessional is like, if you're Jen's friend, you know that she has been embarrassed through this year. I don't think Jen Shaw's a saint, but like, I would never kick someone like that when they're down. How about kicking them when they're like, halfway down then like how about kicking them when they were actually fucking doing this in the first place what is going on here like at a certain point like i've had friends that have done there is a way to handle this delicately where you can be her friend and also say and by the way heather kind of gets to this place at the end because she's threatened she's like you know put in a proposition of like you're going to be this person's friend or this person's friend and finally it gives heather a way to be like well you've given me no decision here so i've got to make uh, I got to turn against you. But it was like Heather was hanging on so tightly to Jen Shaw. It's such a weird codependent relationship that we've never, I feel like this is one of the most codependent relationships. I think Whitney even says this. And I'm like, I got to tell you, Whitney has a tiny voice, but sometimes she speaks more truth than any of these ladies combined. And Jen's like, I'm going through enough things. I can't, I can't. And Angie and Lisa walk away together. And Angie's like, hey, Lisa, I don't know what happened, but let's go up front. Lisa's like, no, I'm just sick of it. Like what she did is fucked up. There's nothing wrong 
wrong with saying that? There isn't. There isn't. There isn't. Whitney comes over and sits with Jen and Heather and goes, Heather's like, what happened? Why did that happen? Because she took Angie's side? Oh, no, sorry. Whitney goes, what happened? Why did that happen? Because she took Angie's side? And Jen's like, she's been all huddled up with Angie the whole time. And she's doing that on her crying voice. And Heather's like, yeah, yeah. And we go to Angie and Angie's like, sorry, because now I feel responsible. And Lisa's like, you're not responsible. And Angie's like, but if I didn't say anything and just let her pour that drink on my head and laugh about it, I'm not going to do that ever. Which I think that's the true, you know, listen, just let people pour drinks on your head. Just don't have a reaction. That's the best way to go. I, you know how much I get thrown on my head on a daily basis? Tons of food, drink, all sorts of rocks, you know, and I just, I just let it bounce off my head. I probably got some brain damage, but it's not like, let it just, let it happen. And if you're around a Jen Shaw, if you choose to be around her, just know like apes at a zoo, you're going to get things thrown at you. You know, like, don't they like throw their poop at like the visitors sometimes? They'll be like, don't get close to the animals. And that's what like Jen Shaw is acting like. She acts like somebody at a zoo that is going to go buck wild on you at any moment. Like you never know when she's going to turn. And yeah, I understand she's going through shit, but she was like this from season one. Dana and Meredith walk up and Dana's like, hey, what happened with you and Jen? What the fuck? And Lisa's like, I don't know. We have to talk about it. And Jen, we go back to her and she's like, you know what? I'm about to jump in the motherfucking ocean, bitches. And Heather's like, no, listen to me right now. I want you to try. And when he's like, wait, can I get you a life jacket first? Always thinking 10 steps ahead. Whitney's like, I'll let you jump in the ocean. I would like to put a life preserver on you if you're going to jump in the ocean. And Heather's like, no. And Jen's like, yeah, give me a life jacket. Do it. And Heather's like, she's not going to ruin your look right now. You and I, ready? Go. And she's like trying to get Jen Shaw to chug a water bottle with her. You know, those fun chug water bottle games that you play with your best girlfriends. She's like, go. It's like so weird, you guys. Watch this scene again. She's like, go yeah chug 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 Whitney in a confessional goes I don't understand Heather and Jen's friendship it is one of the most hypocritical combative codependent relationships I have ever witnessed she says it right there and Dana goes you guys we go to back to the other girls and Dana's like you guys just started screaming at each other for no reason like what we're supposed to be turning up and having fun I always like as you get older, that's another fun thing to say to friends. And especially this holiday season, if you're over like a Christmas party, go, oh, I thought we were supposed to be turning up and having fun. All of my friends. And Lisa goes, it's not for no reason, Dana. It's not for no reason. And Dana's like, I know, I know, but what happened? And Lisa's like, I'm not going to play dumb games where if I talk to you or you or you or anybody else, then I'm being a bad friend to somebody else. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't think what she did to Angie earlier was cool. That's it. Bottom line. That's it. It's simple. Can we all agree as a collective? I know we don't agree on much on anything these days. Can we all agree that throwing champagne over your friend's head? Can we not normalize this? Can we not be like, well, I had a week to think about it. And now that I think it is kind of normal and cool, and I think it's fun. I think as a friend, you should appreciate if somebody pours liquor on you. Cause like that says 
they love you because champagne's like expensive depending on the brand. Like what kind of warped logic are we using here? Like Lisa's right. We can say when things are wrong. Whitney walks over to join this new group. And when he's like, the point is you have to take accountability of what we say and do. And Mary is like, okay, I might exit this conversation right now. Like the fun police cannot be here. And when he's like, no, why? I want to have it, Meredith. And Meredith's like, yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> and then she just dives into the ocean. When he's like, it's because she knows when she came to my house and started talking about you. Meredith in a confessional goes, I don't think I need a lecture from Whitney Rose on taking accountability. She tried to blame these rumors about Leisha on me, which in all fairness, they kind of partly were from you, Meredith. Like the show is filmed and then we get to watch the images and the sound put together. And it did show, I think mean, she goes, I'm not interested in your little lecture right now, little girl. <laughs> we get a call back to Mary calling Whitney little girl at that lunch that one time. And Meredith laughs in the talking head. <laughs> I'm so kooky. I really am the fun police. Meredith walks up to join Jen and Heather. And Heather's like, you know what? Let's throw Andy's purse in just to teach her a lesson. And Jen goes, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that shit. This is what I'm talking and you only notice this if you are, uh, I feel like somebody that watches it, like if you have a podcast, do you notice the two times Jen's gotten riled up? Like it's from Heather's suggestions. Heather earlier throughout, you know, you should be upset at Lisa as well. Did you see how she was being cool with Angie K Threw that into Jen Shaw's face, Jen exploded. And now she's like, Hey, Jen, you should throw Angie's belongings in the water. <laughs> you know, obvious joke to many, but to Jen Shaw, she's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm into throwing shit in the ocean. Let's do that. And Heather goes, throw that freaking purse in the ocean. Throw that fudging purse in the ocean. And Jen actually gets up and Heather goes, just kidding. I'm kidding. Jen Shaw, come on back. But are you just kidding, Heather? Are you just kidding? Or, and let me go deep with you guys here, is Jen Shaw the final player that Heather wants to be deep down. Is Heather friends with Jen Shaw because she wants to be Jen Shaw? She wants to be mean and angry and snipey and do these insane mean things. Is she getting other people to do what deep down she wants to do herself? I would, I would look into this if I was a therapist. Heather goes, Jen Shaw, I'm just teasing. And Jen's like, these are not my shoes. Are these yours? And Heather goes, those shoes are not mine. And Jen goes, are they yours? And Meredith shakes her head, no. And Jen goes, great. And she throws him into the ocean. Throws him into the ocean. And Meredith's like, wait, are those her shoes? And Heather's like, Jen, whose shoes are those? And Jen goes, I don't know. Nobody knows whose shoes those were. And Heather's like, well, I'll put my shoes on my goddamn feet right now. Heather too little, too late. Your shoes should be thrown in right along with those shoes because you encourage this behavior. And Jen's like, I don't know. Nobody knows whose shoes those were. And Heather's like, well, you know, well, and Jen goes, well, if you're so rich, bitch, buy another pair. And Heather goes, hold your shit because it's going down. Like Heather all of a sudden is like warning people. You started this. Jen finds another pair of shoes and puts one of them on. And Jen goes, these are super cute shoes, FYI. Okay. And Heather's like, those are Whitney's. Heather takes the shoe off of Jen's foot and puts it in her purse. Those are my girl Whitney's, so I'm going to put these in my purse. Total normal friendship behavior, you guys, when you have to stop one friend from putting friends' shoes in the ocean, so you put them in your purse. Because you're that. This is their, their friend that they look up to, Jen Shaw. 
And Meredith's laughing. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is fun. This is a really fun time. Jen throws the other shoe at Heather and it slides off the boat into the water. And Heather goes, fuck. Oh, shit. And Jen goes, what? And Heather goes, fucking A, is it floating? And Jen goes, jump in the water. And the producer we see goes, you guys, somebody's shoes are floating out there. And Lisa goes, oh, my God. I hope they're not my St. Laurent ones. And Lisa jumps up to look. And Angie's like, are you kidding? And Lisa goes, did they throw my shoes? And Lisa in the confessional goes, not to be insensitive to anybody else, but I'm really hoping it's not my shoes that went overboard because they're limited edition pre-order YSL shoes that are really hard to get right now. An image comes on the screen and the shoes are worth eleven fifty. Not eleven dollars, one thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Holy shit! There's only seven people on this boat, including like, and also the DJ and the captain. Who are you wearing these for? Just for the other? Are you wearing them? They're wearing them for us. We didn't. I didn't even notice them. Flashback to Lisa taking her shoes off when they first got on the boat. And Lisa specifically saying they cannot go in the water. They cannot get wet. They cannot get ruined. If they can't get wet, don't bring them on up near the wall. I like I'm Lisa, I am fully on your side. But don't don't give people shit to like ruin of yours. Like lock it away. Like if I go on any of these cast trips, I'm taking not even my best old navy. I'm taking my on-sale old navy. I'm talking like where I have backup old navy. Um Whitney walks down to Heather and Jen, and Heather's like, I have your shoe in my purse to keep it safe. And when he goes, Did you throw my fucking shoe in the ocean? Because my stuff was spaced right there and angie's like my shoes are gone and heather's like i brought your shoe with me to keep it safe whitney and the other one is floating and whitney's and whitney <laughs> she goes whitney i can see it in the ocean floating and Whitney's like ladies and angie's like my shoes are gone and jen goes no one touch your shoes angie and angie goes heather says they're in the water and jen goes well they're not they're not look how easy she lies right here gentlemen and ladies of the jury I don't know who put them in the water, but they're not in the water. You can blame it on me if you want, but they're not. This is deranged. And she goes, well, no, I'm not going to blame it on you, but it sounded like some things were going overboard. And she goes, I'm fucking accident. So she's now changing her story. Well, maybe things did, but it was an accident. Flashback to two minutes earlier when Jen clearly threw the shoes in the water. And Dana goes, where's your shoes, Angie? And Angie's like, I don't know. They're gone. I just bought them for like 1500 bucks. Once again, why are we doing let's, let's wear some flip-flops on the boat? My love of God. Jen's like, I'm literally all the way good. I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to swim home and get my exercise. I'm good. Yeah, get your exercise. Let her jump out. Let her learn the hard way, you guys. None of you guys let her learn the hard way. Let her have a Titanic moment, you guys. We return back to the boat where the ladies are standing together waiting to exit the boat. They leave the marina and head back to the Sprinter van. And Jen lays. Jen's like hammered. And Jen lays in Heather's lap and Heather's like, I can barely see your eyes to Jen. Heather's like, Jen's really taking a nap right here. And Angie goes, weekend at Bernie's. And Heather goes, because tonight, yeah, weekend at Bernie's. I'm just going to put her in an Aloha dress and just move her hips back and forth. I love Heather's like, we're just going to make her a little marionette after she threw $1,500 shoes in the water and pour champagne over Angie Kay's head. We're going to do a weekend at Bernie's. It's funny. We're having a good time. Like, how is this still going on? How is this still happening? It just boggles my mind. Dana in a confessional goes, I feel like Heather's a little bit different when she's face-to-face with Jen. She shared something a little bit different with me at the bakery. We get a flashback to the bakery with Angie H. and Dana when Heather was saying she's always considering her friendship with Jen, but Jen doesn't always do the same for Heather. And Dana in a confessional goes, she wants Jen to believe that she's her ride or die, but Heather's totally not being fucking honest with herself. And Jen sits up from her nap 
just and Heather's like, sit up, drink some water. And when he's like, she can have caffeine. And the ladies all get off the van and Jen lays back down in the van. And Meredith to the driver goes, she's going to take a little nap. Can you imagine being a poor driver of these women? Like this holiday season, there's so many people we need to take care of, but let's take care of the drivers of the housewives. These people deserve combat pay. They deserve our thanks, our praise. Like Jen literally takes like an hour and a half nap when this poor lady has to just like stay in the van with Jen, just probably like farting up a storm. And the driver's like, okay. Meredith walks away, but the driver peeks back in the van and sees Jen moving. Driver's like, are you okay? And just like, yeah. And back in the house, they're trying to open the front door. And Lisa's like, am I just weak? Somebody help me. They open the front door anyways. And she goes, what a day, guys. Should we go get showered? Dude, if I lost $1,500 like shoes, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to fucking not get, I will never move again. Like, what are you, like, I lost my sound equipment at BravoCon. Like, it was hard to get out of, <laughs> it was hard to get on with my life. We go back out and we see Jen still sleeping in the van. A Chiron comes on the screen showing the time, 4.06 p.m., 4.42, 5.03, 5.18, and finally 5.31 p.m. She grabbed a little cat nap in a van with the door open. Jen gets up and walks into the house and Jen in the confessional goes, so I took a nap and let's go. Aloha. Okay. I'm hosting the dinner tonight. It's all about love. It's all about aloha. So you know what? I need to snap out of this shit. I need to rise to the occasion. And I also need to look cute, which I obviously will. Have you like, I obviously need to apologize to a bunch of people in this house and also get now, by the way, the bill on Angie K 15 K for coach Shaw's party and now we owe like $1,500 shoes on top of that I mean by the end of the season what do we get what we, she's gonna owe Angie K like 20 22 grand there's gonna be more things that she's gonna do probably we go into Heather's room where she's getting ready and facetiming Angie H not K Angie H remember the one that wasn't invited that's probably in the backyard just peering in the bushes somewhere and Heather's like and Angie H goes how pretty and Heather's like I was trying to prop it up because you were taking so long to answer and Angie's like how are you doing I know last time we talked you were feeling like very apprehensive and Heather's like yeah no I really 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 wish you were here and Heather in a confessional goes Angie she's just pure fun without any of the drama and I trust her and I got that loose with her and I don't have to have one eye on the road at all times and one eye over my shoulder I love, I mean, Heather is just so in the weeds here. Like, first off, I don't see Angie H being so fun yet, but we've only get to see her, you know, like her husband made the Finsta. But I also love that she implies here of like, I don't have to worry about her like Jen. Like, this is what I'm talking about. It's like, is it worth the hassle of being friends with Jen Shaw? What are you getting out of this relationship? That's what I feel like the show is not answered yet. And I believe there's an answer. It just hasn't shown it to us yet. And Angie goes, so are you having fun? And Heather's like, yeah, I mean, there's been drama. And Angie goes, wait, what happened? Angie's that friend of like, oh my God, please tell me it's bad. Please tell me it's stupid. Please tell me it's lame. Please tell me it's lame because then I'll feel better about not going. And Heather goes, you would never anticipate this. Guess who was at each other's throat? And Angie goes, I'm going to guess. Is it Jen and Dana? And Heather goes, no. Who is it? Her co-host. No. Shut up. She's fighting with her co-host, Heather says. And Angie goes, hold on. The two that were screaming at me at the auditions are now screaming at each other. And Heather goes, 100%. It was a very, very hard day for Jen because Angie goes, so... You're wait, you're even Angie is like, wait a second, you're cool 
with Jen now? Is everything? And Heather goes, oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, ups- I, you know what it was? I was upset when we went to breakfast the other day when I badmouthed her. You know, that was it. And, and she goes, right. And Heather goes, you know, but my relationship with, you know, what I like to think of it as, it's fun. You know, I like to turn up and have fun with Jen. And I don't have a lot of expectations. I like when you're like, she's my turn up friend. <laughs> you, you need a turn up friend. And then she goes, well, I'm glad you're chipper while you're there. Have fun. But just watch yourself because at the end of the day, is she going to be reasonable with you in moments that really count? And and by the way, Heather really needs to think in this moment because like, just know that if you do the or say the wrong thing, her husband will make an account calling you Shrek. And Heather goes, no, no, she's only going to be reasonable when she really needs me. She wasn't reasonable in her fight with Angie. And then she got into a horrible screaming fight with Lisa. And Angie goes, why do you people scream at each other? We're grown women. And Angie's like, I'm like, Angie, like, I, I get that. Like, I, I could say that, but like, I feel like, you know why, like you watch the housewives, you beg to be on the show, you get it. And Heather goes, Oh honey, this is a girl's trip. Not a woman's trip. This is a bitchy fucking girl's trip. I love that. There's like just something cool. We are bitchy fucking girls. Next scene, we see Lisa in her room on the phone with her husband, John. And she's like, Hey, what are you doing? And John's like, I just finished unloading the dishwasher. And he's, she's like, Oh, check you out, Mr. Domestic. And I feel like John's like, I, always have to unload the dishwasher that's like my duty and john's like oh i know so excited and lisa's like oh my gosh today has been crazy how so well jen threw andy's brand new 1500 shoes in the water you know she like pushed me were you physically pushed yeah i'm sick of that i'm consistent and she's not i am you know she always says i'm not talking to heather she's not a good friend and i'm not consistent okay what's really and what's not it's just annoying whatever and john's like yeah Lisa in a confessional goes, Jen has been talking nothing but shit about Heather for the last few weeks. Flashback to choir auditions when Jen was crying about Heather inviting Angie H to the audition, saying how materialistic Heather is. Another flashback to Jen's ski day with Lisa and Whitney when she's saying she didn't like being in the space of ambiguity with Heather. Another flashback to a moment we haven't seen one week earlier where Whitney, Angie, Jen, and Lisa are in a hot tub. And Jen says she's friends with Heather 60% of the time, saying she doesn't need friends like that. So we see all these examples and Lisa goes, and now you're telling her how amazing she is and how you live for her. You guys are all crazy. This is like crazy town. And Lisa goes, I keep trying to like have a relationship with Jen that she doesn't want to, you know, after today. And John's like, okay, well, I've got to put away silverware. Now he goes, okay, you know, Lisa, I think to remove yourself a little bit, when she starts going sideways, let her go and just don't get involved. Yeah, I know. All right. I'm going to call you later. Keep your phone on you. I like that Lisa's like. Make sure you have your phone on you at all times because I might need you. We see a montage of ladies getting ready. Jen is in glam after a big day of drinking and throwing shit in the ocean. Whitney and Lisa come to the kitchen and Lisa's like, you know, I'm starving. I need a protein and a veggie. And when he's like, you want protein and a vegetable? I'm starving. Protein and a vegetable. I'm so hungry. Let's do this. And I'm so thirsty. Whitney at the confessional goes, today we had the diet of champions. Champagne, champagne, champagne. Maybe a few shots of tequila and more champagne. More champagne, please. Angie and Dana come to the kitchen next. Angie and Lisa are admiring Lisa's clutch. And Angie goes, this is, I love this. And Lisa goes, isn't it pretty? I've never carried it. Today's the first day. Like, this is what I was like. I've never carried it. I should go throw this in the water. And Angie goes, it's perfect. It looks so cute, right? I love it. Yes. By the way, Lisa's drinking a Celsius energy drink and not a Diet Coke. This is called progress, you guys. I'm giving up Diet Coke myself January 1st. Follow me on my journey. 
and my multiverse of sadness. And Lisa goes, have you seen Jen since the yacht? And Angie's like, no, how about you? And Lisa goes, I haven't seen her. And Jen and Angie's like, yeah. And Heather and Meredith are in the kitchen now. And Heather goes, does this look um, tropical, her outfit? And Angie goes, very, you do look very tropical. And Heather's like, thank you. Polynesian music starts playing. Like ding, 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 ding. And Jen enters the kitchen. The ladies all cheer. Like, what are we cheering? Wait, wait, we're cheering? <laughs> And Jen goes, okay, welcome up here, ladies. I have a surprise for you. And Jen's like, come outside. And they go outside and they're all robbed of all their belongings. And <laughs> we go outside and we see a full Polynesian band playing outside with tiki torches, fire dancers, a whole roasted pig on the table. And the ladies watch the performance and cheer. And Angie in a confessional goes, these fire dancers are amazing. They're the best I could pay for. <laughs> Jen, Jen's making me pay for this. The sad thing is I'm going to have to pull them aside and let them know they're probably not going to get paid. That's a great comment. And I ruined it by my stupid joke because I didn't read ahead. Um, the performance continues and the women are loving it. Next group of hula dancers come in. Jen in the confessional goes, aloha, bitches. If there's one thing Jen Shaw's good at, it's going through hell and then setting it aside and showing up ready to party. Let's focus on having some fun. Which, by the way, we had an episode last week. With uh, Anne Marie, uh, Anna Marie, who was in Danbury prison for two years, and she did say there are some off the chain parties, there's some turn up parties in prison. So, you know, Jen could be the CEO of fun in prison potentially. The hula dancers do their performance, Jen thanks them for coming, and asks if they can teach them some group moves, and they have a lesson. Meredith is 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 especially not good and meredith knows this so and meredith's like oh my gosh twerking <laughs> dancing like hawaiian dancers all this stuff you know i was not cut out for this i'm a 50 year old with no hips no butt like what do you want from me i'm not i'm doing the best i can listen at least i at least you know like i'm the same way i couldn't I can't shake my hips. And the ladies finish their lesson. They head over to dinner because let's get some food in us. There's pig, rice, macaroni salad, roasted vegetables, ahi tuna, pineapple salsa. The food does really look good. And Heather's like, that was incredible, Jen. Jen did nothing but make a call. What do you think? Heather's like, oh my God, Jen, you put together the performance of a lifetime. And Jen was like, it really was, you guys. I owe it all to the big man upstairs, but also mainly me. And Heather goes, and those boys look like they could be my boyfriends. Jen laughs and Dana goes, shut up. Oh my God. We hear a siren going off and Jen goes, since some people don't know how to have fun up here, we have the fun police. And it's two uh, guys in police uniforms who are actually strippers, or they might be real police that are also strippers. I don't know. But basically, they strip. The ladies are all surprised. And Jen in the confessional goes, we're not in Utah anymore, bitches. Strippers at dinner. This isn't just a snack. This is an entire meal. I'm sorry. If I'm eating pineapple salsa, the last thing I want to like is like have boobs in my face. I love pineapples and I love salsa. So that's Heather goes, well, this is quite ironic. The last time I was this close to cops, I thought they were strippers and they turned out to be federal agents. Flashback when the feds pulled over the Sprinter van last season looking for Jen and the ladies thought it was a prank. Jenny, that was when Jenny was on the cast last season. Remember her? Uh, Jenny Gwynn. Uh, stripper, uh, one of the strippers like, we got cold here because there was a noise complaint. And Jen's like, a noise complaint? Because it's too quiet. The ladies are all kind of uncomfortable and fighting over who's going to get a dance. And Whitney finally steps up. I'm married with two kids. I want a dance. And they all cheer and Whitney's loving it. She lifts her leg up and the stripper says, now I want to dance. And Heather goes, okay, Lisa, your turn. You're in the hot seat. No. 
And Jen goes, boo, you don't look very fun right now. And Lisa rolls her eyes. I have zero interest in this. Like, don't touch me, she says in a confessional. All I'm thinking is how germ-covered they are. Like, I'm thinking they need Clorox wet wipes. The only person I want to see naked is John Barlow. (laughs) That's a good t-shirt idea. The only person I want to see naked is John Barlow. Oh, God, no. Thinking about John Barlow naked. Hey, no, he's a good looking man. And Heather and Angie Kay both get dances and then the guys leave. It's kind of anticlimactic. Winnie's like, I feel like that was a waste of dancers. And Mary's like, you didn't do anything to warrant a citation. It's supposed to be a violation of the fun. And I'm like, Meredith even is ruining like the fun part of the Meredith's like, well, if we were really doing to see, you know, the, the violation would be, she's trying to make sense of the strippers. And when he's like, today was supposed to be fun. And there were a lot of moments that were not fun. And Meredith's like, well, that's not a good point. That's a, that's a good point. It's a very good point. Heather's like, I mean, let's cheers to fun, CEO. What are you going to implement to have fun? What can we do? And Angie K to Dana goes, how is your first girls trip going? And Dana's like, well, I feel like the experience has been great so far, but I feel like the energy's off. Um, something's off, and I think we need to address it. So you guys all know that Jen and I, we got into a little argument last week, and I feel like you're not very nice to some of the girls. And Jen's like, like who? <laughs> like everyone. And Dana goes, well, Angie Harrington, I think the way you approached her and how you talked to her made me feel a little uncomfortable because I didn't know you that well, Jen. When was that? And Dana's like, at the choir. And we get a flashback, Jen and Angie H's confrontation at the choir. And Dana goes, from my point of view, Jen, you were screaming at somebody, yelling at them, getting into someone's face. And then Angie was trying to tell you something and you told her to shut the fuck up. She's supposed to be your best friend. Dana goes, so I'm sitting here like watching you talk to your friends that way. And it made me feel really uncomfortable. And Jen is always just rolling her eyes. She has this big Moana hair. And she's like, uh, and then I don't know, Heather, you, you know how I felt, Heather. I've told you. And Heather's like, I know. And what did I, and Heather's panicking. I know. And, and what, what did I say to you? I said, I, I, you gotta, you gotta talk to her. And I, I'm not, I'm not your translator or, or her keeper. And I'm not yours. And Dana's like, but it's like, you told me that if Jen ever gave you an ultimatum, you would not be friends with Jen Shaw anymore. Dun, dun, dun. Heather's finally called out, but I love it. I love, we call out all these ladies before we call out Jen Shaw. Like well, guys, the person's right there that we should all call out. And everybody keeps calling out everybody but the person that should be called out. We get a flashback to the breakfast uh, of Heather, Angie, and Dana when Heather said if Jen made her pick between her, Angie, and Heather, she'd pick Angie. And Heather goes, what he did was absolutely wrong. And then promising to post an apology and then relinquishing that commitment. And Dana goes, but you know why she couldn't do it. She told us at that breakfast why she couldn't do it. And Heather goes, yeah, and what did I say? And Jen goes, wait, why couldn't she do it? I don't know why. Why can't she? I never heard anything. And Dana goes, so she spoke to her legal team and they advised her not to do it. And we get a flashback to that where she's like, I ran it by my PR team and they told us not to post an apology. You know, I'm like, why do you have a legal team? Like, wait, what? And the, uh, everybody on, they must've seen that Lisa has 13 lawyers and Angie was like, I should get a team of lawyers. Dana Banana goes, because they don't want any association with you, Jen. And Jen looks shocked. Like what? And Lisa goes, Wow. And Jen goes, they don't want any association with me. 
I didn't do anything to them, though. They are the ones who created a fake account. So that's why the apology needs to happen. And Dana's like, we told her that she needs to have a conversation with you and explain why or why not she didn't. And Heather goes, I said she needed to settle the score. And Dana goes, but like, I swear that I remember that you said that she didn't need to do a public apology. And Heather goes, I said a public apology is ridiculous. And Dana goes, yes. And Heather goes, because you will be admitting to a horrible, indefensible thing that no one in the world will ever forgive you for. It would destroy. And Jen looks pissed. And and Jen's like, but they destroyed my husband. They, it was Shaw exposed. They didn't, they didn't say Coach Shaw exposed. So she's going, you know, they destroyed my husband. Your husband's fine. You're probably in a lot of trouble. Heather goes, I get it. Jen goes, what about me? What about me? And then Heather goes, that's my whole point. And then she goes to Dana, you need to be very clear with your words right now. And the fact that you're making it about me and the way I worded it. And Dana goes, it's not about you. I just remembered what you're saying. And Heather goes, am I unclear about what I think about what Angie did? Is anyone unclear? And Dana goes, we know it's not right. We know it's wrong. And Heather goes, okay, then stop asking me about it because I've been very fucking clear about how I feel about it. Dana, why are you so deeply invested in this? I really want to know. Why do you want to care so much? And Angie K goes, well, you guys have gone to lunch together, so so it's like she's in the middle of this now, Heather. That's probably why she feels. Heather goes, well, she's putting herself in the middle of it. And Angie K, after the, the day you've had, I would just sit there and listen. Oh, Heather. Wow. And Angie K goes, I am listening. And Heather goes, and listen from her experience. And she's pointing at Jen and my experience. And maybe not take an opportunity to take a side swipe because and Angie K goes, there's no side swipes here, Heather. Like, Angie K is like, I've literally lost $1,500 shoes in the ocean today, Heather. Heather's like, if you're trying to understand, you have two ears, one mouth. You try to start listening. And I was like, Heather, you're, I don't know if this is going to land. And Angie K goes, well, your mouth is just going like this. And there's a whole lot of bullshit coming out of it. Ba-bang. And Heather goes, a lot of bullshit name one bullshit thing and angie k goes this girl's continued a friendship with you pointing at jen and i still don't get why once again we're now pointing the light on heather instead of and he's like this girl jen has been right or tough for you he's like i i was watching this going wait what wait what happened and we're we're turning this fully around on Heather. And Heather goes, this girl's continued friendship with me. I'm trying to understand your relationship because she threw your shoes off the yacht today. We're good. So we're all now doing the blame game. Angie King goes, you know why I can't bring it up? Because I've been a good friend to Jen. And I don't know if I can say that you've been a good friend to her. Heather in a confessional goes, it's highly surprising to me that someone who just annihilated Jen on a sprinter van would suddenly be so concerned about her welfare and about the terms of her friendships. Like, check yourself, sister. And Angie K goes, but have you been a good friend to Jen? And Heather goes, absolutely. And I love her. And I'm ride or die. I swear to God, we need to, we need to, when Jen leaves this show, we need to stop saying ride or die. Stop saying ride or die. Please, tonight's episode, do not say ride or die. Please, please, please. And Angie K goes, okay. And Heather goes, and the deposits I've made in our friendship account should grant me a little bit of grace. What is this friendship account Heather keeps going on? Is this at Wells Fargo? Is it Citibank? Is there a friend? Can I call my bank and go, what do I have in my friendship account bank with my buddy Nick? Has he made any deposits recently? Are we overdrafted on this? With all the deposits I've made, like, Stop. It's lame. And I would hope that every single person at this table, Heather says, would give me the same grace because I have given you all of that same grace. 
Heather is banked with all of these ladies, you guys. And Lisa goes, can I say something here? And Jen goes, what? I'll tell you what I'm curious about. And Jen rolls her eyes again. Oh, don't roll your eyes. I'm just saying this is not consistent with the conversation you, me, Angie, and Whitney had in her hot tub. And I was like, uh-oh, prepare for a flashback. Flashback to the same scene we flashed back to earlier in the episode when Jen was telling the ladies in the hot tub that Heather is only 60% of her friend. Lisa goes, all I've heard the last few weeks is how Heather is horrible. She doesn't care about you. She's not there for you. She's not a good friend to you. You're done with it. This is a confessional, by the way. Jen, tell her why you're bugged with her. This is the perfect opportunity to say, Heather, this is the issue. This hurts me. I love this show so dearly. Like the the fact that none of this is on Jen after pouring the champagne on the shoes. I'm like, Jen is magic. Like Jen, like this is mysticism at its best. This is makes me believe in witchcraft. And Lisa goes, and I think everyone needs to start telling each other because no one here is fucking honest. And Jen goes, I just told Heather. And Lisa goes, everybody here loves everything and fucking lies. I'm sick of it. I'm fucking fun, but it's hard to be fun when you're getting yelled at on a fucking yacht and then come to dinner. And Dana goes, this is what I know. And Lisa goes, Dana, I'm upset. And Dana goes, I know. And Lisa to Jen goes, you're coming at me today. I don't fucking deserve that. I'm your friend. And Jen goes, when did I come at you today? And Lisa goes, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? And in my bed, I was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Because you totally gave her Lisa. And Lisa goes, you shifted the whole mood for me today. And I'm sitting there saying, I'm your friend. Say you're my friend. Like, say it, say it, say it. You can't even say it. And she's like, what are you talking about? And Lisa goes, on the yacht, Jen, are you kidding? Stop fucking lying. I'm sick of it. And Meredith goes, in a confessional, I know Jen is not in a very great mental state. To be so upset and or drunk that you don't have recollection of what happened is, um, well, it's not good. And Lisa goes, in a confessional, Jen's a fucking liar. She only remembers what she feels wrong with, but it doesn't matter what she does or says to anyone else. That's how Jen works. Boom. There it is. Black and white. That's it. Sadly, this was a confessional and not at a table, but let's all say it again. Jen's a fucking liar. She only remembers what she feels wronged with, but it doesn't matter what she does or says to anyone else. That's how Jen works. That's your thesis statement. That's how she operates. I feel like that's how she operated her business. And that's how she operates as a friend. And Dana goes, Jen, you went up to Lisa's face and you almost shoved her. And Jen looks disgusted and shakes her head. And Dana goes, yeah, you did. And Jen goes, I almost shoved her. And Dana goes, no, you did shove her. You were, you were aggressive towards her. We flash back to Jen shoving her finger in her Lisa's face and Jen's like oh my god Lisa's like Jen I was trying to hug you and tell you like I'm your friend I did nothing to you I don't deserve that Jen's like you guys are fucked up and Lisa's like no we're not fucked up and Jen's like you're mean man you're fucking mean Lisa's like no I'm not mean that's the last fucking thing is I am not mean Lisa in the confessional goes Jen has a habit of deflecting trust me if there was a class on how to be mean like mean 101 Jen Shaw would be the professor <laughs> and she would overcharge. Lisa goes, the dynamic is totally shifted because you had an argument with her and now you're riding the Heather wave. And Jen goes, no, you have an issue if anybody is friends with Heather. Side note, Jen's hair has changed in the middle of this conversation, if anybody noticed that. And Lisa's like, no, 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 I do not. You're a fucking liar. That is not true. And Jen's like, don't call me a liar. And Lisa goes, you're lying about that. That is a lie. Don't call me a fucking liar, Lisa. That's a lie, Jen. The problem is you dumb fucking champagne 
pain on her head today and it humiliated her and it embarrassed her and you shifted the dynamic and you treated me like shit too for no reason. I know. And I'm sorry, Angie. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Jen Shaw. This is called switching tactics and acting. It's not going, it's not working one way. Jen goes, I know. And I'm sorry, Angie. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Looks her directly in the eyes. Lisa in a confessional goes, where's my apology? I'm fucking mad. I'm done dealing with this bullshit. And Jen goes, Angie, it was a bad joke. I'm sorry. And Angie, you know, I'm like, oh shit. Angie's going to be like, apology, not accepted. Angie goes, okay. Thank you. I feel that you are sorry. And Lisa goes, and Jen, you know what? And Jen goes, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm talking to Angie. Lisa says, okay, then let's stay on task. What happened is you had a lot to say about Heather in the hot tub at Whitney's house. And Jen goes, you guys brought it up. Yes, I did know. And Angie goes, you need to say it. I can't listen to this stuff if Jen's not backing how she really feels. Because then, and Jen goes, I'm about to say something. I will. I was. A, I am about to say something. Like I totally. I don't need to be told. I am. And Angie's like, right. Then say it. And Jen goes, I show up at the choir audition. Angie's there. Okay, that's weird. Because Heather, I felt like, you know, had a very strong opinion when we met. You know, we get a flashback to when Jen told Heather about the at Shaw exposed account, and Heather's like, babe, that's a fucking big deal. And Jen goes, my feelings were hurt. And Heather's like. That she showed up with Whitney in a matching outfit. And Whitney goes, this has nothing to do with me, though. I don't know about this. I did not know about this. And Jen goes, can I just finish? And Heather's like, let her finish. Let her finish. I'm just clarifying. And Whitney's like, but why are you throwing out in, though, with Whitney? And Heather goes, because she, I just wanted to be clear about what we're talking about. Okay. And Heather goes, I don't know she was going to show up with Whitney. I had no idea. I did not know Angie was coming. Whitney goes, you invited us. And Heather goes, to choir auditions? And Whitney goes, Angie and I. And Heather goes, not rehearsals? And Whitney goes, yes, Angie and I both posted on our social media to try out. And Heather goes, I guess I meant, like, I didn't know you were going to show up with, like, um, red gloves and an outfit, and, like, a routine. And I, I would have worked straight at it better so that they wouldn't have crossed paths and, like, had this horrible thing that ruined the auditions for me. Guys, this is just like the boat. Eight people audition. Like, I didn't know they were going to show up with matching. Like, <laughs> I really thought they were going to phone it in. That's, and I was very shocked they took it seriously. It's what, is you, what are you saying? And, and Jen's like, oh, okay. And Whitney's like, in a confessional, I have never witnessed Heather actually just sit through and listen and take criticism or take blame and take heat. Anytime the drama is directed at her, she's going to either deflect or forget. Boom. Heather goes, think about how I feel, you guys. Everybody's like, think about how I feel. We've all had this situation. We've, we've had friends fighting. And Jen goes, here's what I don't understand. If you know somebody did something that's so fucked up and evil to me and my family, are you okay being friends with them? That's all I need to know. And also, Heather, I need to know that about your relationship with Jen. If you know somebody that did something fucked up to a lot of elderly people, are you still friends with them? That's what I need to know. And I guess in your case, you are. And Heather goes, if they are accountable and apologize, yeah. And Jen goes, well, they didn't. And Heather goes, they didn't call you and apologize. And Jen goes, well, he called me because he got caught. And Heather's like, what can I do? He, 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 he. And she goes to Winnie, are you not friends with Angie then? Is that what you've declared? And she goes to Dana, are you not friends with Angie? To Meredith, and you're not friends with Angie. I think we're all friends with Angie. And Jen goes, yeah, let's talk about this. And Lisa goes, I'm not. And Wendy goes, this has nothing to do with us. And Heather goes, I am not going to not be friends with Angie. And Jen's crying. This is supposed to be my ride or die. And guess what? That's not ride or die fucking characteristics, period. You look at ride or die in the Bible, and it's not a picture of you right now. Heather's like, what do you want me to do? And Jen goes, not be friends with Angie Harrington. And Heather goes, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. 
finally, Heather stands up for something. And Jen goes, you're going to be friends with her still. And Heather's like, yeah, well, she's a piece of shit. And Heather goes, I don't think she's a piece of shit. And I think we had a lot of fun together. And I'm a ride or die for her as much as I'm a ride or die for you. Swear to God, if I hear it one more time, ride or die, I'm going to lose it. Heather in a confessional goes, when I say I'm a ride or die for Jen, I'm like, I'm fucking still here. I'm still showing up. When you've stabbed me in the back, when you've talked shit on me, I'm showing up for you in one of the darkest, hardest times of your life. And that's all I need to do to be ride or die at this point. How much is too much, man? When you've stabbed me in the back, when you talk shit on me, like listen to all this. Like, remember Jen Shaw's made fun of him. Like, it's just wild. And I get it in a sense because I'm massively insecure too. So I get it. I, I think I get it. Jen goes, you are not right or die for me. Oh, not one more. You've shown up for me like 60% and then you shit on me and my family and I swept it under the rug. And Heather goes, you showed up for me 100%. You've been 100% solid. And Jen goes, absolutely. And Heather's like, pick me or pick Angie. I don't want any friends that will ever give me an ultimatum. And Jen's like, I'm not giving anyone an ultimatum. I need to know where people stand because the only person I know where they are is Angie Patson Navis. Angie K and Heather in a confessional go, hold up, Angie K, the same girl who you pour champagne on her head, screamed out in the van and threw her shoes in the ocean. Is there gluten in this big? Because she's talking crazy. And Lisa goes, you know what? If you want to acknowledge I'm your friend, you can. If you don't want to, that's fine too. Lisa, love Lisa. Like, hey, while we're at it, can we actually just clarify and get like a notary public here to say that we're friends? And she's like, what are you even talking about? And Lisa gets up on the table. I really need to call my little boy. He's 10 and he's missing me. Good night. Thank you for a lovely dinner and a show. It was fabulous. Oh my God. I just had the idea of a lifetime. Let's remake Home Alone with Lisa Barlow's kid. Lisa Barlow and John Barlow as the parents. And then we get that little cute kid, the the tiny one as Macaulay. Oh, can you imagine? That'd be amazing. Jen's like, you're welcome. And Heather also standing up to leave. No ultimatum. Let's just talk about it tomorrow. And Jen goes, I just need to know what category to put you in before you go to bed. And Heather goes, put me in the category that I'm friends with her. And Jen goes, so when people are like, are you a Heather Gay or a Lisa Barlow? Don't do that fucking shit. And Lisa from across the yard goes, Lisa Barlow's pretty fucking good as a friend. And Heather goes, well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And Jen goes, no, you have perpetuated the fucking brand. And Heather goes, guess what? Go find yourself another Heather Gay. I'm out. And Jen goes, okay, I had enough. I tried to put together a fucking trip. And I invited this one, pointing to Dana Banana, because you said, looking at Meredith, and Dana goes, I never said you had to. And Whitney goes, Meredith, you are not the CEO of fun. And Meredith's like, I don't think it was uh, any way tonight. I would like to see how anyone would have navigated this any better. <laughs> and then and, and he goes, no, no, nobody could. Nobody could. You did the best you could, Meredith. And Meredith's like, so I'm going to get to bed. I'll bring Jen her hair. Because now Jen's run off. Everybody's run off. Jen's hair piece is just sitting in the middle of the table, which at a normal restaurant would get a, like a C rating, uh, you know, and they all laugh. This is how, like, this is what's called traumatic abuse, and you they just laugh. Next time on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they play fun beach games. Uh, Heather to Jen is going, you know, it's you're terrified and toxic. And Jen's like, you flip-flop, you flip-flop. And they're all dressed like Marilyn Monroe at this dinner party, and then Whitney and Heather start fighting. And Whitney's like, you're fucking still doing it right now, Heather. And then we finally get the paranormal activity scene where Heather gets a fucking eye, uh, black eye from opening the door on the night cam camera. You guys, we had, man, we had a long one. Two of, okay, we did two hours. I did this straight through. Thank you so much for being with me as always, folks. I also wanted to give a shout out um, at the end of this. And I, I don't know if this is okay, but I'm going to do this. 
uh, my friend Allison, who listens to the pod uh, from Minnesota, uh, she is battling cancer right now and has been for the last nine months. And she is killing it. And uh, her dad has cancer too, as well. Life is just so unfair. And, and, you know, when I was going through this, the early stuff with my mom, she had reached out and she just seems like a really, really nice person. And she wrote me today um, that she was on her cancer, that she's doing okay. And she's been on her cancer journey nine months after she let me know. And she was just thinking of me and my family, which is like to take the time to think about me and my family when you're going through your own journey. I don't know if you'll hear this, Allison. Um, uh, hopefully you will. So I can get a download. <laughs> Hopefully you will hear this because this was just such a, you, you sent this at the, a very interesting moment tonight where I probably wouldn't have seen it most times, but I had just been dealing with some stuff with my mom and my family to, to at this exact same time. And I saw this at the right moment and it really gave me a little shot of, um, um, I don't know, some, I wouldn't say hope, but it just made me feel like I wasn't alone. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sick myself. My mom is, um, but I'm just thinking about you and I'm thinking about your battle and how much you're kicking ass. And I want my mom to go into her battle kicking ass as well. And, um, so I just wanted to say that to you at the end of the show, uh, if you've made it two hours and nine minutes in, okay, you guys, I will be back on Thursday. So we will have fun there. There is much more fun to be had this week. Um, so, um, (laughs) I hope you guys are my ride or dies. Goodbye. Betches.